Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. It's time to fly. Welcome back to the Phoenix Splash Podcast. I'm one of your humble hosts, Jason Cornelius Bell, JCB, one third of the band from Ringside Podcast. And I'm joined as usual by my man, the man, the myth, the legend, Big Sexy himself, Brett Jager, one half of the Brain Buster Boys. Brett, what's going on? Tell me something good. Well, you already did, but you, you can say something good for uh, the rest of the, the listening audience, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's been a been a good weekend. Uh, yeah, nice Easter weekend back home in Northern Kentucky. First time I'd gone back after moving down to Louisville a month ago. Had great time with the family. Uh, went to the FC Cincinnati game Saturday night. Sold out over twenty five thousand. Got a one zero win against those assholes from Philadelphia who knocked us out of the postseason last year. Oh, your first place. Best record in the MLS, Mm-mm. FC Cincinnati, mind you. Okay. Uh, and then had a great great night out at the bar after uh, meeting up with a bunch of old friends and uh, had a heck of a Sunday as well. We did actually our family Easter on Saturday, but uh, yeah, great weekend. Feeling good and ready to talk some Japanese pure... <laughs> we always fuck it up. Yeah. Pro wrestling, pure ass, pure so, whatever the fuck. Let's go, Let's baby. go with pure so, okay? I, I was thinking that, and you just said it, so that's what we're going to go with. The funny part about this is, um, I guess it was Saturday when uh, Secure Genesis happened, and... I was getting ready to text you. I was at going to work, and I just watched it. Just finished up the main event, and I was finishing it up. Uh, gotten you know rushing to work because it's like three forty-five. I got to be be there for, but I'm lucky I live seven minutes away. So it just as long as I'm hitting lights, we're good to go. <laughs> so I'm getting at work, and I'm starting to settle in. I'm like, I haven't heard from Brett yet. I wonder if he watched it. It's like it, two minutes later, I check my phone. I'm getting ready to text you, and like Brett's texting me. I'm like, oh. Like I'm getting excited. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything. Just be cool. Be cool. He's like, did you watch it? I was like, yeah, I watched. It. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's a situation where it's like you don't want to say anything. Obviously, so it's like that's. Did you see it? And, and you did, and I did. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> we could talk about it. Holy shit! What the fuck? Yeah, holy happened? shit! <laughs> Watching it again today, it's it still holds up. Obviously, we will be talking about Segura Genesis to open the show and the big title change. I don't think we can joke about burgers and fries anymore. Burgers and fries, baby! <laughs> I won't start putting some respect on their name for at least this, this episode. Uh, just five guys uh, with a big, big night at Segura Genesis. We're going to talk about that. We're going to jump over to stardom. Uh, the Cinderella tournament has begun. Obviously, we are, we've missed the first, third, and the quarterfinals, but we're going to jump into that, not dive into it, but we're going to you know do a nice little uh, overview 
view of what is happening and what's to come and then preview the all-star grand queendom on april 23rd uh two big show or two big um title matches obviously you have julia versus tam nakano for the uh red belt and then without spoiling it i will say the winner of the triple threat match gets mayu iwatani for the iwgp women's title i obviously think that everyone's seen it at this point but just in case you haven't seen it and you're hearing this i don't want to be the spoiler for that point on um and then finally we're going to talk about uh tjpw (laughs) in uh la first time that they were in la first time is this the first time they're in the states correct I believe so as like a whole unit like show. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously like some of the wrestlers had been over, but I, I believe it was the first TJPW show and I, they called it what TJPW live yeah, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. So, yeah. Um, great show yeah. on fight TV. Uh, definitely want to talk about that because there's, I have once again, shocker, I have thoughts, but, uh, and then we're going to talk about the homework assignment because Brett came here. I guess that was last Wednesday and fucked my whole schedule up when it comes to watching <laughs> wrestling with that and opening day. Definitely. Uh, two days without watching wrestling, the way I watch wrestling is, is, just a nightmare in my world but we're catching up everybody don't worry about me um we're going to talk about the homework assignment we watched a bunch of wrestling before going to AEW dynamite last wednesday so we're going to talk about those matches and just in case you want to go back and watch some of those matches you can but without further ado hey shingo are we ready to do this damn thing all right Let's go ahead and jump into Segura Genesis. Um, what? I didn't want to go with Sonata's music again because it wasn't just I, Sonata. I you, yeah, yeah. It, to me, it was. There was a couple of things that happened just beforehand, and then. Guys. Sorry, I didn't want to go over to just five guys park. I told you, I said I want to give these guys respect moving forward. There it is. Um, no, I love it. I want. It's they, not just about yeah, Sonata. It's about Kanamaru. It's about Jeez uh, Louise. Uh, somebody else is getting ready to get uh, Doki. Uh, Best of Super Juniors is getting ready to come Doki. up. I think. Uh, Doki. Doki. I think he he has. Uh, he actually he had a little tete-a-tete with my boy Naido and we're going to talk about that because I was definitely oh, torn yeah. about oh, yeah. how I was feeling about that but like I said, neither here nor there. He dokey chokey his ass off. Okay, now come on, man. He dokey his ass off. Okay, now see, now see you, 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 you got to keep rubbing that shit in, man. I, I was trying to be nice and, you know, be, you know, uh, put the five guys over and not say burgers and fries like we did the last time because the last time. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that Doki Choki t-shirt that Kevin <laughs> Kelly kept talking about. It should be coming out and sooner I'm, versus later. I mean, damn. He choked out my boy. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Now, see, I was trying to be nice with you guys. Now y'all starting to piss me off. You're getting a little Ooh. out of pocket. But Uh-oh. no, 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 no. I was, This week, I would give them the respect it deserved. 
they run the table at least at this point and they are at the top of the card we'll just start right there because that's obviously what i want to talk about what brett once said he wanted to talk about first so let's just jump into it uh the main event at sakura genesis obviously was uh naito not naito i've seen you got naito on my brain sonata versus okada for the iwgp heavyweight championship let me make sure i'm reading this right 26 38 if i'm reading it right shocking it went under 30 i mean kevin mentioned it on the broadcast about you know at least three matches i believe that went over 35 between those two they have the longest g1 climax match that didn't go to a draw i think 29 47 so i was happy with the swift 26 it went it breezed by um it's kind of been a theme these shorter main events you know the cup final was like 19 minutes um so i love it i mean don't get me wrong i'm all for a 38 minute epic but uh I, i loved that it went under 30 definitely surprised it was less than 30 minutes uh so let's just kind of talk about the particulars of the match um I just thought it just I'll just speak for myself on this one. After watching Hiromu, um, Robbie Eagles, and I won't spoil that either. I was thinking to myself, okay, so this is this is going to be just standard operating procedure. You know, Sonata's gotten his push. We got him the New Japan Cup, but this is Okada. You know, we we've talked about it on the pod. Okada Osprey feels like the end game, and. <laughs> This just, I got egg all over my face. No, not really. I, th- I think I think we could still get there. It's just you know we no, we, we I, taking I know, a detour I, on the way to get there. Big detour, big detour. Yeah, right. The one. But I ain't mad about. I'm not mad about being wrong here, and I'll of course talk more about it. But that, yeah, that is uh, we that is something we hadn't even texted about yet. Is uh, my outward proclamation over and over that we're getting Osprey Okada at next year's Wrestle Kingdom, and again, like you said, we still could, but I the way this Okada reign has started the Kaito thing and they keep the black trunks they keep mentioning him wearing the black hat just shocking shocking and uh yeah I love it no it was just I'm glad it wasn't just business as usual and there were certain signs I thought that kind of showed it wasn't going to be business as usual um the reversal of Rainmakers um okada going to the money clip instead of just finishing the deal that what i was like okay now i'm watching this i'm like the b finisher finisher, and i'm just like dude they're right why is he what i'm like why is is an insult to sonata right and right then i was like okay you know what I, I I wouldn't be mad if Sonata won, I w- because S- Okada yeah. doesn't respect Sonata enough to finish him like he's done everybody else. He's reverted back to the old Correct. Okada, you know, yeah. where the money clip when he lost the title, and then he, you know, on the way back it was, you know, the money clip was supposed to be the way he wanted to go versus the yeah. Rainmaker because it was going to make him, you know, this more well-rounded, you know, wrestler and champion. I'm like, good. And I think at the end of the day, he just got bored and he's like, I need to start winning different ways and show how good he was. But you're right. Like that was, and I think back to the El Desperado match Okada mm-hmm. at the last New Japan Cup, same thing, treating him, and because he was the junior, treating him as such, treating him as that little brother. And Desperado, God love him, did everything in his power. And you know how much I love that match. But uh, Sonata, 
finished the story. Ooh, but no, you didn't. Both. Let, let, I don't want to talk too much WWE, but I just want to say both Sonata over Okada and Roman over Cody happening within what a two days for a week, less than a week span. Two of the most shocking big match finishes I can recall in quite a long time. And the shock alone, like, gave both a quarter star in my mind and just made me love them that much more. It's like, I w- even though I probably wanted Cody and Okada to win, I'm much more happy with both of these results because of the shock and because of what comes next for all parties. Mo- most interestingly, Cody and Okada, the losers here, where mm-hmm. do they both go from here? And we don't need to talk more WWE. I just wanted to use that analogy, but just amazing stuff. I, I love it. And uh, yeah. No, no, it's I think in this scenario, it 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 warrants to be said. It was like I said, for me, I thought this was just going to be Okada per usual. I'm waiting patiently for, you know, and I said it on our text thread, you know, for Sonata to slip on the banana peel. It just never happened. And in this scenario, it was and I'm watching this and I'm like, it's this no no and they they got me right before the finish where uh, uh sonata rolled him up in the uh off the ropes and then got the bridge and i was like what <laughs> like, yep. this is it the o'connor the old o'connor Kinda roll, roll into at the like bridge. 2.99 I'm like, I'm like oh man so i was like dude then what kind of got me to that like cobra tris and i was like fuck this is it and he yep. snatched and him by the been- trunks and i'm just like yeah uh- this is it and i'm like motherfucker and he reversed the rainmaker again into the Sonata finisher for the finish i was just like I, I was and literally I was, flabbergasted. I couldn't. It was speak. an incredible, incredible finish. Reminded me of the Dominion finish last year when Jay beat Okada, and that's what the Blade Runner was always so good at hitting it so quick and abruptly. Yep. And that one was still kind of shocking, but nowhere near this. But I loved immediately Kevin Kelly. I think the move's called the Deadfall. Sounds right. Um, and first, when he beat uh, Naito, they're like, wow, that's like the perfect counter to the Destino. And then Kevin mentioned, like, right after the win, he's like, maybe all along he made he got, acquired this move or whatever you want to say to counter the Rainmaker. And it proved to be the perfect counter. And they teased it multiple times. Mm-hmm. That last, I mean, really about the last seven, eight minutes, but truly that last, like, three minutes is a fucking whirlwind. And, uh, yeah, just incredible. No, it, 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 when I, I say it all the time, when I'm left speechless, because God knows I talk a lot, that's all that needs to be said. I just sat there with my mouth open for like five seconds, like, holy <laughs> shit, that just happened. And what I'm, about... What about, real quick, the uh, Sonata, this was right after the O'Connor roll. He went for seemingly what appeared to be a Destino. Yeah, yeah. And, and Okada, like, you know, he's cranking the neck, he's struggling out. And then what did Sonata hit? He took a page out of my boy, KG Muto's playbook, and hammered him with yeah. the Shining Wizard. I totally Most forgot about that. Most satisfying Shining Wizard I've ever seen. <laughs> they and asked then, him about that uh, post-match or whatever, and he was, he was yeah. like, no, there's nothing to that. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing yeah. to it in my ass, motherfucker. You keep but, saying that. <laughs> but then right off the Shining Wizard, just to finish it, he went for the deadfall again, countered in that into that Cobra Flosion, like you said, and then yeah, the Rainmaker right into the deadfall. It was perfectly done let's talk about the crowd man um they were all night incredible but this Mm. match specifically i'd say what like 
67%, maybe even higher for Sonata. Like you did hear some Okada cheers, but yeah, which I think you were, were always going to, but yeah, I think this course. was, this was definitely a they, pro Sonata crowd. No doubt. And uh, it's kind of hard to tell with the chance because Sonata and Okada are really like similar. similar enough, but I could, I think I could differentiate, but man, they were hot for him. And talk about hot. Let's just be real. My name right now on here, Sonata is hot. <laughs> he is a beautiful, beautiful man. And let's just talk the the entrance. New song, which I, I kind of expected at this point. It didn't happen right out of the gate. Brand new look. He's got the robe. When he revealed the trunks, you get the whoo from the crowd. It reminded me when Okada went back to the short trunks after the pants yeah. at Wrestle Kingdom. When oh, you get that ooh. The, the balloon like, Okada. Yeah, they were almost like rhinestone like trunks, like a nice blue color. He looked beautiful. But uh, yeah, the, the package is now complete. Um, yeah, what do you think about the entrance, the new look, the new song, everything? The, the entrance felt like a an entrance that a world champion should have. And I was thinking about that on the way to the ring. I was like, well, damn, he's got a robe. You know, I've, I've never seen yep. him. You always see Sonata outside the ring looking queen, always in suits, you know, even when he mm-hmm. had the pork chops, he was still looking queen. Now he looks even like GQ queen, you know, to the point oh, where yeah. <laughs> it's just like this motherfucker is a, a out and out pretty boy to the point where I, I, I literally can't stand and watch him from time to time. Um, I, I said it on the last pod where, you know, I was questioning who is the leader of just five guys. I think we know now it, if it was supposed to be Tai Chi, Tai Chi would be in this spot and it's not, they crafted yeah. this story. They told it. Out, right. They talked about seven years ago when he helped uh, Naito, get the title off Okada, same building, same spot. Now, yep. seven years later, he's in the same spot. He went through Naido to get to the uh, New Japan Cup, won the New Japan Cup. Now, here's Okada, basically the final boss of New Japan, and beat him at his, basically at his own game and won it clean. I mean, there's, yeah. there is not clean as a, clean as a whistle. I mean, you cannot say, as much as I want to be mad, it's not evil, when evil swept flipped on LIJ, I was pissed because of just how they booked it. It never really sat right with me because he never he was going to be the follower versus actual. Well, he was kind of the leader esque because JY was over here, but you knew what the fuck was going on. JY was running bullet club. Get the fuck out of here. Sonata feels like you know yeah. he's poised to be the guy of just five guys, and the, him winning the title off Okada. All that did was just for me, just cement that. For sure, no doubt about it. Um, so one, I love that he did that pop up cutter move down the stretch, and even Kevin Kelly, God, Kevin and Chris are so fucking good, and they were so good all night. Mm. Kevin referenced it just like in this building seven years ago, because when Sonata debuted, that's the movie hit him with. Yep. So again, the little breadcrumbs here. Um, but I want to talk about something. Let's talk pre-New Japan Cup. You know, we both were very high on Tai Chi. Coming out of that Will Ospreay match, which is one of the best matches he's ever had, he's had great matches. You know, over these past few years, he and Yoshihashi definitely most improved in New Japan in my mind. We both kind of felt maybe they are grooming Sonata, or excuse me, Tai Chi for this spot. This was pre 
just five guys and three Sonata, and those two were matched up in the first round. And right. like, all right, and we know they've kind of been frenemies, and they'd had this history, both coming up through All Japan, et cetera. And even, let's recall, Sonata was getting wiped the first half of that match. Aichi <laughs> was kicking his fucking ass all around the building and yelling at him, and Sonata got the win. But this could have just as easily been Tai Chi. Do I wish it was Tai Chi? Yes. Am I upset that it's not? No, not one bit, because I really like both guys. I've loved Sonata. Back to his, it was 2018, new beginning, he challenged Okada for the world title. This was Mohawk Sonata still. But it was that match. I'm like, this motherfucker can go. And he'd always kind of had that, the, I mean, hell, even Kevin called him straight up before the match. If he loses this, he comes, he becomes Hiroki Goto. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking insult. Not really. Goto's no. type, but just to fucking come right out with that. But Goto's got that, you know, that's his thing. He could never win the big one. He right. challenged for the world title how many times? Seven? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Just never. Sonata, you know, this was probably his fourth, fifth, something like that. I don't know, but. Taichi, you know, obviously, I don't think he's even had a world title shot. I'm not a hundred percent certain on that, but I'm not. I don't think so. I don't think so. so either. I, I think Sonata was definitely more positioned to be the guy. He he's been top of the card, higher in the card for, than Taichi the whole way. Agreed. I just kind of wanted to see them take the chance on Taichi, but again, I'm very happy with where we're at. Sonata deserves it yes he's had ups and downs but when he's on he's as good as almost anybody in that company um so yeah gonna be very interesting to see how he carries it before we get to the challenger okay i want to i want to talk okada that was you stole my thunder yeah that was <laughs> that was gonna be my next question see you, you you're a host of a, a podcast it's <laughs> clearly out um that's why this works we just bounce off each other um july is the G1, I think that they said it was the 15th, 15th and they'll right, run yeah. through August the 14th, basically a month. That's where I would circle Okada if we're going to see anything. Obviously, I would expect Will Ospreay to be at least in the G1. He'll be back for a match against, I believe, Tanahashi. They just announced this, I believe it was yeah. today or yesterday, one or the other. Tanahashi, yeah. yep. Osprey on one half, Juice, and Lance Archer on the other half. The winners face Love off. It. And then the, the winners of that those two matches, will the ultimately the winner of that little mini four-man tournament gets Kenny Omega at Dominion later on. Uh, I believe that's June, but neither here nor there. Um, Okada can, is is an interesting case because I, I just expected him to run through Sonata and then you know you'd have a com- you know a competitor that comes up next. This isn't the worst thing for Okada, honestly. W- what I expect to happen, I expect him to come back at the G one and have a you know a really good G one and be there at the end of whichever block he's in, whether it's A, B, C, or D. If they do four blocks, they did last year. I'm personally a two block guy, but that's neither here nor there. If we did if if we did four blocks and I want everybody to wrestle in everybody's block because there was yeah. there was Tom Lawler was a guy that I wanted to see wrestle a bunch of other guys when I heard he was announced I was like oh shit this is gonna be amazing you know I'm thinking old school round robin and it was that wasn't the case and I thought you know just personally selfishly I, you know there was opportunities missed so that's why I 
personally, I want the the two block round robin uh, format. But if they go four blocks, I'm okay with that too. Shit is the G1. I mean, you really can't go wrong with the G1. No, you can't. That's what I was going to say. Okada expects to just kind of just be laying in the lurch. I'm sure some uh, Ren Narita does. Um, forgot about that. Ren Narita caught him uh, backstage and yep. at least challenged him and two partners of Okada's choice to another six-man title match somewhere down the line. So that'll keep Okada occupied for a little bit. So like I said, for, Okada will be, obviously, he'll be fine. It's just... Oh, no doubt. Now, what it's to guess what's going to happen. If I had to guess, I mean, there's really only one way for Okada, Naito, Osprey, guys that haven't at least had a challenge to Sonata, and I expect Naito to get a challenge there. Um, there's one way to get it to make sure you get that challenge, and that's to win the G1. So the G1 is going to have a little more importance than yep. it is than it normally does, just because Sonata I'm, is now. I won't say he's a marked man, but coming off of beating Okada, you got to give him credit. But if he would feel like he's easier to beat, right? You would think, right? For sure. And but yeah. you know, this is a new Okada, and I'm going to be very curious. Oh no, new Sonata. I'm sorry, and I'll be very curious to see how he's booked moving forward, being yeah. the champion. I've got my new Negro Damas prediction here. Go ahead, Negro Damas. You need, you'll, you'll need a Negro Damas sound effect for, uh, for yeah. the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hit me. Okay. I'll work on that for next time. I've got thoughts about Okada, but before I lose this, I want to get this out. Here's my new prediction, and it's the Okada Osprey saga. Okay. I, I think Osprey wins the G1 this year still. Okay. But he beats he beats Okada in the final. So he gets his first clean big win over Okada to win a G1. Very, okay. very important. Very, very important. Then at Wrestle Kingdom, what not this next one, but the following. Would that be 17? Six, so you're talking I, in 2025. 2024. 2025, yes. Okay. That's when Osprey gets his win over Okada at the at the dome. Whether it's him retaining the world championship as Okada did against Tanahashi to get his big win at the Dome at Wrestle Kingdom 10, or him besting Okada and taking the belt off of him, I think it's the the moment is beating your rival in the Dome in the main event. Like uh, as I just said, Okada didn't take the strap off of Tana; he retained it, but he got that Dome main event win after crying his eyes out at Wrestle Kingdom 9. So as we're just talking here, that's just what kind of came into my head. What happens at this year's Wrestle Kingdom beats me. Maybe Osprey wins the belt there over Sonata, someone else. Maybe he holds it for a year. Maybe he loses it to Okada in 24, and then he gets that win back at the Dome. But anyway, that's where I'm kind of at right now. So I guess the first thing would be Osprey-Okada G1 final because my thoughts on Okada – the way he's acted lately, like we've talked, the black hat, asshole, no no nonsense, all business. I don't expect that to go away. Right. I expect that to intensify it's right now. So I, think, I think this six-man title match is going to be very interesting, whether he wins or not, and who his partners are will be interesting. But, yeah. like, we're going to see an even hungrier, even more of an asshole Okada, even more of a heel Okada, I think, because – 
the way he was acting, he sure as shit ain't going to be happy about that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> this is going to be really interesting. Just last question before we, I want to move to Sonata for 30 seconds. Just Okada, does he, you're expecting full-blown heel. I kind of agree with you on that. Does he do it solo? Does he join Bullet Club? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just, Whoa. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, David Finley said he has somebody to replace someone that may or may not be, have gotten kicked out. And like I said, we'll talk would, about that as well. That would be Jake something that's coming over, I think. I think that's who the Wolf promos are. Um, apparently, I didn't see where or how, but Azar texted me. I guess Finley had said somewhere that he's been trying to recruit Jake something, maybe. I don't know. Azar texted me about it, but that's kind of who I thought. But yeah, Okada to Bullet Club, Christ Almighty. That might be a separate <laughs> podcast in and of its own. But. <laughs> you got to call me right now. <laughs> I mean, you, you got Gato over there. I mean, it's not... It's not fully out of water, but it is. I, I know. I know. It's it's a little right field ish. They're looking for a leader. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I, I don't think they're looking for a leader, but we'll just talk about that in a second. Gato's over there. Okada, Gato. I'm just kind of throwing something at the wall, see if it sticks. Yeah. Let's go backwards. Uh, the semi uh, main events for the. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk oh, about yeah, our yeah, throw, the, throw move coming out. Thank you. I, yeah. I apologize. So. Obviously, Sanaa is doing his victory lap, and one-legged Hiromu Takahashi comes to the ring to, uh, apparently, I wasn't sure at first. I was like, he's not going to challenge, right? Then, then, obviously, he rose in the ring, and the crowd's like, oh, and I'm just, this, that's why I love New Japan, right there. You, oh. Everybody was, like, real quiet, wasn't sure what's going to happen. As soon as he rode in the ring, it was like, oh, I was like, oh, shit, no it's fucking, on like a motherfucker. No <laughs> fucking nice to have fans making noise boys with their mouths again yeah. god damn it yeah they're just it, it i poo-pooed it at first but it I'll, just adds so it just adds it just adds another layer in every again just the reaction when sonata took his robe off obviously just reacting to the moves throughout a match it's just again there were some incredible matches in the pandemic time when they could mm-hmm. only the clap crowd era but it's just, it's just so much fun yeah, uh, definitely a difference. You know, Stevie wanted to see that. Um, Hiromu comes out to challenge, be the first challenger for the IWGP championship. He basically comes out, you know, congratulates uh, Sonata and says that, you know, his move from for leaving LIJ paid off and that I give Hiromu all kinds of credit. I don't know if I could have been, you know, that gracious. That's just me. You know, I'm a little petty when it comes to situations like that, but neither here nor there. Um, Sonata is like, well, wait a minute. You know, you have a little business to handle at first before you even get to me to challenge for the heavyweight title. And I'm thinking, you know, is it Doki? I'm like, oh, Doki versus Hiromu. That, I would be cool with that. You know, <laughs> we don't get to see Doki enough to where, You've you know. We've seen that before. And those two had a hell of a match a couple years ago. I can't remember the show, but I went 4-7-5 on it. It was nuts. It's one of Doki's. So, yeah, I would be- never say no to Doki Hiromu. Yeah, and it's a chance for Doki to, you know, get a little shine before BSOJ, but Kanemaru, I won't say beats him to the punch, but obviously steps to the plate. Kanemaru basically has snuffed out Takahashi. I believe that was 
oh, what tournament was that? I think it was last year's BSOJ. It was really, right. it was really early, and I wasn't expecting uh, Romo to lose, and especially lose in that fashion. And Kanemaru came out and just boat raced. Hiromu in a way that you rarely see. I, I don't think I've ever seen and I've watched New Japan for about five years and I don't think I've ever seen anybody come out and take down Takahashi like this, similar to the way Hiromu took out Kushida back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, yep. So, that was a Sakura Genesis 2017. Yeah, wiped him in like three minutes. Granted, there was some outside shit before the bell, but yeah, great, great callback there. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, I get it. You know, they at least going to pay off the Kanemaru win. Wanted to see Doki, no big deal. So deal is Hiromu has to face Kanemaru first, no matter what happens. And then he could get Sonata on the back end for the IWGP championship. I'll ask you two questions. Number one, question one. I'm assuming we're okay with Kanemaru versus Hiromu. Do you expect title change in that match and number two with Sonata in the background waiting for the winner is this going to be a scenario where the heavyweight championship and I'll use that in quotations is just for heavyweights or are we going to see more of the juniors get a chance to step up to the plate so first question I am very okay with Kanemaru Hiromu because there's that history we know Connemara yeah he's he's old man Connemara but he can still fucking turn it on and uh I'm excited to see that for sure no I do not expect a title change but I expect a very very good match I expect Connemara to work on that already injured leg of Hiromu Mm -hmm. like I believe he did in the BSOJ Mm -hmm. you know there's going to be a million near tap outs Hiromu's going to struggle as he did against Robbie Eagles and has he's an incredible seller so yeah, I'm very excited. I hope they get 20 plus, and let's let's see something here. Um, uh, and your second question, no, not necessarily. Do I think I will see more juniors? I think Hiromu is a special case because he's someone that I think could have already moved up. You know, he's got the pedigree. He's dominated the division largely. Um, and I was going to mention, and this was a perfect tee up, is that he was also the first to challenge Evil when he first won the world title. So there's some continuity there with both former LIJ guys winning the title that Hiromu is the first challenger. And I'll never forget, like, despite the fucked upness of evil winning. And like, again, I was cool with the shock at the time, but boy, it did not work at all. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget the vision of Hiromu after evil won it. He's just like, ah! just screaming his head. And it felt like, and you hear the, the evil's new dark music. It felt like a fucking horror film. Like oh, that, shit. that to me was like the pinnacle of that's like, all right, this is fucking dark and nuts. And then it all fell apart from there. But um, no, I don't think we'll see more juniors challenging for that. Um, but I like, I love that Hiromu gets the first shot. And he's, that's the thing. He's also going to be coming into that hobbled, probably, off Connemara's. So uh, definitely expect Sonata to retain there. Um, but I, I, def, I really like how this all played out. And talk about Doki. He is going to get his shine against Naito. He's not going to win. But, again, I think he's going to – this is going to be a big match for him. And I think he's going to put on a hell of a performance. And uh, I'm very excited about that one, especially with the way, you know, things ended in their match, which we already kind of talked about. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be uh, real interested to see. <laughs> I don't bet not lose. <laughs> let's jump backwards. We already talked about. We was getting ready to talk about the juniors, but let's talk about the physical match itself. Twenty-one twelve, bell to bell. Robbie Eagles versus Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiromu Takahashi retains. Um, I will. I said the thought. The word survived. I want to stick to that word survived. Yeah. I thought Robbie Eagles. Not dominated the match, but definitely had control of the match. Several uh, submissions uh, on the inside and on the outside of the ring. I thought one of the uh, Robert, yeah, one of the submissions <laughs> late was going to be the one where Hiromu tapped out. If, if you don't remember, uh, Robbie Eagles was a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship champion who he there, beat. There was. He beat Hiromu. He tapped him out. And they, I love the fact that they made sure that you remember that before the match Jingu started. Jingu Stadium. Jingu Stadium, I believe it was. Yeah, I think that was right, that was part of the Clap Crowd era, if I'm not mistaken. Summer, summer of 21. Okay. It's, yeah, Clap Crowd era. Okay, so obviously... This is basically a rematch of sorts where Robbie Eagles uh, just worked the knee that was already kind of banged up coming into it. So like we said before, Kanemaru is going to have a nice little target on Hiromu and Sonata as well, you know, the next couple of matches. I thought Robbie Eagles was going to win this match. I thought this was going to be where we got swerved, that they would take the title off of Hiromu and then kind of go from there, build up the TMDK. Not saying that they need to get built up, but Robbie Eagles has come over. I thought this would be a chance to kind of give them some shine as long as you're going to be taking titles off somebody I did, by no means that I thought uh, Sonata was going to be Okada. So I thought if no. there was going to be a title change, this would For be sure. a title change spot. Didn't happen. Hiromu sneaks out of victory. Uh, like I said, I thought it, I'd said the word survive after the match, and I'm going to stick to it. This was a good match. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't ask you for a star rating for I Okada. Was, versus, God damn it, I just I didn't ask you for it. I, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Give me your star rating for Sonata Okada. I apologize. That's the telekinesis right there. It <laughs> literally just popped into you my head because well I knew I knew that. you were finishing. Yeah, you were finishing that. Give me the star rating for the uh, and you the were about to well. say I give this blank stars. Right. That, oh, fucking hilarious! Four <laughs> seven five, four seven five on the main event. Agreed. Uh, four, four and a quarter on uh, Eagles and Hiromu. I gave it four stars, but I was, I, I don't think it's. Neither here nor there. Yep. I, I, it's kind of nitpicky. I wouldn't have a. Pro, I don't have a problem with four and a quarter stars. I thought both matches were really good. Uh, just going back to the junior title match again. Uh, Eagles had me believing that he was going to win this match, and that's why I love wrestling because even with Hiromu's hard booking, everybody has their kryptonite. Robbie Eagles seems to at least give Hiromu trouble, and that's all I would love to see when it comes to a situation like that. Best of the Super Juniors, obviously, is coming up. I think he said he has a match with Shingo at some point coming up down the line. That should be interesting. I hope we get to see that shit. But, yeah, uh, let's talk about the match from your perspective. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, I think these two have had better, at least a better match. I think there was one Best of the Super Juniors. I think it was 21 as well where they really fucking ratcheted up. But, uh, again, like you said, survival was the perfect way of putting it. This wasn't Flash. Um this was a hard-nosed, you know, fucking Robbie, like you said, per- controlled the whole way virtually. Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed it. Agreed. I thought there was pretty good chance of a title change here. 
Um, even though we had made, uh, I'll save the spoiler. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hold <laughs> on, we go, we go in there next, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, same thing. In new into TMDK, um, you know, Zach's got a, the TV title. Um, that group is looking good. You know, I, I, just a sidebar here. I love the way these new factions have shook out in the wake of Suzuki Goon. Like TMDK looking strong, just five guys looking strong strong style you know they haven't really been pushed all the way to that point but they're the never champs and they've got a huge match coming up so you know we talked about it a few episodes ago just the whole new japan is back and this this new era here Mm -hmm. new stars like it is as healthy as it's been in a very long time and i fucking love it but uh i'm ultimately more than okay with hiromu winning here even though you know i didn't necessarily want him to win it initially at Wrestle Kingdom, um, but he hasn't really had a particularly long reign as dominant as he's been in this division and won, what, four best of the Super Juniors. Yep. He hasn't had a title defense longer than, like, five months. The Wrestle Kingdom 11 to Dominion when he beat Kushida and lost it. So, um I don't know how long this one's going to go, but, you know, maybe it extends beyond Dominion. But, you know, I think now that he's the champ again, like, I'm fine with him having a nice reign, and he's had some really good matches. Um, Yo, Yo, Leo Rush, Mm -hmm. and Robbie, I think I had all of them at four and a quarter. Or, no, I had the Leo at four and a half. That one was awesome. That was Um, really good. But, um, yeah, uh, good match for sure. And, uh, you know, good, great to see Robbie back. We hadn't feel like we hadn't seen him in a while, and uh, he's going to be poised for a nice BOSJ run. I think so too. Um, I was kind of waiting to see if there was going to be a challenger to, to come out for Hiromu, not to be, but obviously, I think we know why. Now gonna, we know. Yeah, yeah I was ready to say we're going to hold off on that. We got it, but it was just going a little <laughs> ass backwards. Once again, going ass backwards again. Next matchup, we're going to talk about the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Uh, Ooh, up for grabs. Bishimon, oh, the champions versus Aussie Open, the challengers. 15.30, the bell-to-bell time. And I saw it. I was writing down for this. I'm like, 15 minutes? I'm like, man, what I the know. fuck? <laughs> this is a 15-minute match? You've got to be out of your motherfucking mind. This did not feel like 15. It felt like 25 in the best possible ways a lot of just high just impact maneuvers one to really set the the table for the rest of the the match and i'm curious to have you hear your thoughts about the crowd on this particular match where kyle fletcher does a um i guess a moonsault off the top and it hits Godo, but on the way down he cracks the back of his head onto the guardrail and busts himself open he finishes the match like, obviously but it was like what two three minutes into the match too it's, like it's right that. off the jump yeah right off the jump so i'm thinking okay you know Fucking Finn Bowers finished his match. You know, we're just, you know, I don't know what you're gonna have to do, Kyle Fletcher, but you're gonna have to finish this bad boy. Ain't no way you're gonna come over here and we're gonna have some sort of medical injury. So they taped him, they put the tape around his head. So this week, I'm the official Aussie Open Cut man. You know, we're not putting staples, I'm not putting those stitches in nobody. I'm just gonna wrap some tape in there, patch you on your ass until you get back in there and win those titles. I thought that was 
the crowd I thought was 50-50, maybe 60-40 for Bishiman coming into yeah. it. But then once Kyle Fletcher got hurt and the match progressed, Bishiman was getting booed at the end. I know. I, like, I know. What? <laughs> it's amazing how something completely unplanned like that, obviously a call on an accident, you know, an injury, what have you, like just completely can like change the – you know, it didn't change the match itself, but just the no. crowd reactions and just the intensity and the drama and the emotion. And this match had it all. I fucking loved it. I think this is where it's time to give the booking for Bishimon credit because obviously they won World Tag League a couple of times, but being FTR was a big deal. Beating Tanahashi Okada was a big deal. Commentary, yeah. you know, definitely made sure that we were reminded of that. So, I mean, they, they've built up titles that have been basically feeling irrelevant for quite some time. You know, basically, I don't care remember, G-O-D, I guess. And even then, they didn't really have a lot of great tag teams to challenge them throughout their yeah, multiple the tag, tag teams. The tag division was pretty – I mean, it's never been a strength in New Japan, but it was weaker back then for sure. I totally agree. Now, with them building up Bishamon, it felt like this match was a big match. Aussie Open definitely you know, played into that. Them finally winning, obviously, spoiler alert, Aussie Open wins the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Um, I thought it was just, it hit me where I was just like, man, it's, it really, it was crazy to see A, the crowd kind of flip on Bishamon. It's not like Bishamon's going to get booed the rest of the way, but for this particular moment, they wanted to see the title change, just like I wanted to see the title change, and we got it. So that was a nice little, you know, reward for watching Aussie Open go through the tag league, go through uh, the new uh, New Japan Cup, and, you know, individually, yeah. but still have great performances, and then you know, rewarded on the back end, and then to the second part, Bishimon is going to be fine. We, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't see them breaking up. They, they're going to have to stay around at least for World Tag League, and then from that point, we'll figure it out from what happens. I wouldn't be surprised they get an, another chance to. Uh, where the titles world tag league they won it twice nobody's won it three times yoshihashi yoshihashi said that post match backstage so that'll be their focus i don't know when world tag league is we'll figure it out when we get there but you said you shed tears that it was that emotional yeah and and this you know i came into this match so conflicted because you know my love for Bishamon for sure. And, you know, I've always been an Aussie Open guy. Every, you know, how could you not be? But just from that New Japan Cup run, like that just did so much, so much for those guys. And like you said, individually, but still as a unit because they were always there for each other. And that's why I love United Empire so fucking much is they feel like a unit, a family, a team. They don't cheat. They're all, um, they're just, they're unique in that regard. And like seeing great Ocon wave the flag and just like how excited they all were when Aussie open won this and just the two of them, the two Aussie open boys hugging each other. Like that's when it all hit me. And I came in, I think wanting Bishamon to win this match. Uh, and oh, yeah. call, it, call it the Kyle Fletcher injury. Just, just, it was a perfect, not a perfect match. It wasn't a five-star match, but it was a perfect whirlwind of emotions. 
<sighs> yeah, I went four and a half. Yep. I might go four seven five on a rewatch, but yeah, fifteen and a half minutes. But it was because it really ratcheted up more towards the end. And yeah, Fisherman, you know, they referenced it again on commentary, just how good of a team they are and how they know where each other are without looking. And Aussie Open's always been that way. And um, but yeah, like I it really up until the end, I didn't know what I wanted to happen until it happened. When they lifted him up for that Coriolis, and I'm watching it <laughs> by 11 a.m., uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm like yelling in my bed, and I'm like, Coriolis! Like, I screamed it, and I thought, I can't remember who got pinned, I think Yoshihashi, but I thought Goto or whomever was going to come in for the save. I really did, because it, it, it was a, not a long match, no. but uh, – they got the job done, and uh, yeah, it shed a tear or two, and uh, wrestling's fucking great. But like again, all credit to everyone involved, mm-hmm. but Fletcher and Davis specifically for just really capitalizing on these opportunities. You know, Davis lost to Will Ospreay, but because of the injury, gets put in more of a high-profile position. Beats Evil, becomes more you know sympathetic in that regard because fuck Evil, you know. Right. Um, yeah, this again, just so organic, all of this. Um, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And this is the show of the year, not in New Japan, in all of wrestling. Uh, I said it was Supercard of Honor last week because I think it was. Revolution certainly in that mix. Wrestle Kingdom certainly in that mix. WrestleMania Night 1 certainly in that mix. Probably your top five there. There's maybe a stardom one up there as well. But this, and I watched it in a weird way, I told you, because I woke up. <laughs> and had to go back to Northern Kentucky. We did our Easter on Saturday, 2 o'clock. So I got up at whatever, 10, and I'm like, okay, I can only get in a certain number of matches right. here. So I'm like, I'm going to start with the women's match because that's five title matches. So I got through four, saved the main event, and I'm like, at the time, I'm assuming Okada's going to win, but I still want to do my best to avoid spoilers. Of course. I usually, you know, I don't watch live. I'll watch it first thing. So I don't look at any social media. I get to my parents, um, you know, talk to the family for an hour or so. And I'm like, before everyone got there before dinner, I'm like, I'm going to go just sneak off and watch this match. I'm so gonna I, tell you. Have my, <laughs> I have my tablet, but just fucking pull it up. My cousin's boyfriend, husband, I don't even remember, like who had never heard of New Japan, like was vaguely, you know, new WWE, but like okay, he stood yeah. there and watched, watched the whole match with me. So that's why like, I'm answering questions not expecting a title change. And then those last five minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What? This is crazy. <laughs> so a very unique way of watching this. Um, say, if you don't shut up asking me questions, I'll try to watch this shit. <laughs> There's some shit going on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> so I don't even That's know great. why I started into that, but uh, yeah, that was my experience. And I just watched the first four matches today. So That's oh, show, of the, show of the year. Show of the year. Yeah. That's this, amazing. All five of these title matches, four and a quarter plus, in my opinion. And again, this moment, amazing moment, amazing moment. And then that main event, amazing moment. Great matches sandwiched in between. The undercard was very entertaining. It's the show of the fucking year, baby. No, I I, I would be hard pressed to. You said the mat. You said the cards that I was kind of thinking in the back of my head anyway. But you you nailed it. the, those five cards is a top five, and then I'm sure we'll flush a couple more out, throw a couple more in sooner or later. We'll figure out uh, a card of the year, but uh, let's jump back to this one for a second. Um, 
Shoto Umino versus Zack Sabre Jr. Part 2. This time yeah. around, this is for the uh, U.S., I'm sorry, the uh, World TV Championship. 15-minute time limit. I thought the, the first time around, I believe, Shoto won in about 25, 26 minutes. Yeah, feels like about 26. right. Yeah, 26, I think. Um, and I was thinking to myself when they were coming down to the ring, I'm like, okay, this is 15 minutes. This is totally advantage Zack Sabre Jr. Because, you know, obviously, as I think of him as the, if not the, arguably the one of the best uh, technical wrestlers in the world, it's going to be hard to beat Zack Sabre Jr. in 15 minutes. But once again, Shota Umino is just nipping on these guys' heels. Keep it up with ZSJ. Hit him with the Death Rider. And he got up. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you? I, I, I yelled the same fucking thing. You don't hit the finisher and get back up and start you, you, battle cried. No. Well, that was like the second time because he first hit just like the snap one. And then right. this was like the more elevated one where, where so he, he kicked out the first time and then yeah the second one is huh. more like he holds him and zach's like in a ball yeah. and then he does the uh the, are the, you the part. yeah i'm yeah. like dude you're they, killing me right what now what did he do what did he do after that i don't even remember it was uh he was getting ready to try for another one he he was picking up zach saber jr and then zach saber flipped it around flipped it around reversed it did a a backslide into a bridge for the win yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember just the exact, like, the move. So he just went for another Death Rider. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're killing me right now. You're fucking yeah, killing come me. On. <laughs> come <laughs> so on. Come on. You damn kids, you don't but get it. You don't hook within legs. The, within the scope of the story, it's beautiful, though, because it's all part of his growth. Right. And we talked about the Naito match and how it was a big letdown from both guys, frankly. But, man, has he heated up since then. And let's talk about the crowd again in that entrance. And I love that he's he's gotten the mox treatment. You know, he's getting the crowds riled up coming through the crowd, which obviously you don't see in Japan very often. And they are excited. And the little kids are loving him. And he's doing all the right things. And I think he's clearly learned and grown from that Naito match. And he's, he's getting there, man. And uh, I think this was the perfect – like perfect result here um, if he was going to lose. So, which I didn't think he would, would beat ZSJ twice, but I thought maybe there's a chance. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really liked it. I did. I had the previous match at four and a half. I went four and a quarter here. Um, but again, it's a shorter match. Um, show to wins. Maybe it gets bumped up a bit, but yeah, it was hot and intense the whole way. And mm-hmm. Shota, like you said, he hung, he hung with him blow for blow, move for move, submission for submission. And, uh, yeah, kudos to him. He's, he's on the way up. It's wild to sit here and think I've watched new Japan for so long. I remember Shota as a young lion. And now oh, all yeah. of a sudden he's giving ZSJ all that he wants and then some I gave this four and a quarter myself. Um I mean I mean t- I think the the lasting or the first like lasting image of Shota is getting the walls of Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom in front of his dad. Right. Obviously he'd been a young lion for a while, but like that was the moment of like, oh shit. And then he was in that new Japan Cup and had the amazing match with Tanahashi and that kind of put him on the trajectory. No, it's been it's so wild it's the think I've seen his whole whole career so far. It just it blows yeah. my fucking mind. Um post match, I forgot two things post match. Uh 
ZSJ post-match basically makes the challenge for the TMDK tag team of Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes. So they will be, looks like they'll be the first challengers for Aussie Open. But then in return, very similar to the main event, you can't get something without giving something up. Jeff Cobb is going to want his return for it. Well, not return, but he wants a title match for (laughs) Zack Sabre Jr.'s World TV Championship. 15 minutes with those two clowns in the ring. That should be fucking amazing. Amazing. Um, talk. Let's just talk about preview both of those matches really quick before we move on to the ladies. Yeah, I mean, ZSJ Jeff Cobb is a very unique, enticing matchup, no doubt about it. I think that's probably the first big threat of a title change in this reign. I think right. um, I'm not going to sit here and pick Jeff Cobb today, but uh, I think there's a pretty decent chance he wins. I don't. If they've had a match in a G1, I don't recall it, but um, I'm sure it was good. And I'm um, expecting uh, this to be very good and exciting. And what's the other match here? Uh, Aussie Open versus Shane Hayes oh, yeah. and Mikey Nichols. Yeah, doesn't doesn't ignite me too much. I mean, TMDK was just the first challenger to Bishamon and lost. Solid match. I think I had it at three and three quarters. I don't expect them to win here. I think I'd rather see another team in this spot right now and maybe save TMDK, but here we are. Okay, that's what's up. Let's talk about the ladies. You had the triple threat match that started off as a singles match between, I don't, I'm not going to disrespect the, the, this girl's name because she's so damn good at 20 years old, Azumi versus Mercedes Monet, and then somehow, some way, Hazuki <laughs> got into the mix and beca- made this a triple threat match. So, in this scenario, coming in, and if you have listened to a previous podcasts, I have definitely been very, I guess, um, I don't want to use the word worried, but uh, very upset is the, I'll go with that, with the booking of Hazuki. And when We're I big found, Hazuki guys here. And as I found out, she was added to the match. Uh, I'm sure we had this on our text thread. I just don't know when it was. I was like, you know, if Hazuki takes the pin on this, I'm going to be fucking pissed because it just feels like coming into the, the match Azumi has uh, was a 10 straight uh, high speed championship title defenses so that's a record obviously Mercedes Monet is the champion if she's going to retain then this is a scenario that she would have to beat someone you probably don't I'm thinking in my head you probably don't want her to pin Azumi so there's obviously only one person left so that was rolling in my head as this match went along uh, read my handwriting 1353 bell to bell Mercedes Monet retains the title but she pins Azumi to do it which was a, a yeah. bit of the surprise but I kind of like the way they they fleshed it out uh, towards the end where Azumi was getting ready to go for another Azumi Sumi uh, Mercedes reversed it flipped Azumi on top of uh, Azuki for with the uh, I don't know the name of the finisher, but used yeah. Azumi to hit Hazuki, basically knocking two out with one stone. Gets the one, two, three. Um, my initial thoughts of this match, I thought, and, and I'm this is not a knock against Sasha slash Mercedes Monet. I thought she, my knee jerk reaction when I saw her the first time, I thought she looked slow, but then I watched it again today. 
she's just not fast like everybody else is when it comes to stardom. And you had two of the fastest yeah. women in on the stardom roster in the same match at the same time. For WWE, and I hate to bring this up because, but I just want to do this to make the comparison. For WWE standards, she's fast. Absolutely. For stardom, Joshi standards, she's like above average. But it's not a notch. It's not like she's slow. It just felt like the first time when she ran the ropes, I think she was doing a meteor into the, uh, the both sides of the uh, the turnbuckles or whatever. I was like. Man, she's going slow. And I was like, wait, is this me? Am I tripping? Those other two are just fucking lightning. Yeah, so and that's why I'm glad I watched it again a second time to just see if I was the one tripping. And in this case, yeah, I was the one tripping. I thought this was done really well. Ultimately, the right person went over. Obviously, Mercedes Monet and now Mayu Iwatani will be going at each other on the 23rd of April. Huge fucking card. We'll get to that in a second. Give me your thoughts on the triple threat match. I gave it four and a quarter. I loved it. Um, I went four and a half. I think think Mercedes fit in like a fucking glove. Yes, she was a half step slower than those two, but didn't affect things for me. I thought... Again, for her first time truly working that Joshi style, I thought she nailed it. I thought this was a home run for the IWGP Women's Championship because, you know, we recall that first match at Wrestle Kingdom on a New Japan show in Japan, Mm. getting five and a half minutes. They get basically 14 here, and they put on a show. And this was like the best of high speed. Uh, This was a lot of roll-ups, a lot of counters. A lot of, again, fast, quick, high-flying moves. Fucking Hazuki looked tremendous. I think the crowd was loving her. Yeah. And let's, let's look past that she was getting in there to get pinned. Let's say she was in there to make her mark. And her time is coming at some point. We know that. They've, they've sprinkled enough of these breadcrumbs. I don't know why I've used that twice now, but <laughs> <laughs> she's looking more and more like a fucking star. While it is soon to be Mira Sh- Mina Shirakawa's time with the white belt, I don't see Hazuki far behind that. Maybe she's the one that takes it off or down the line. But I thought all three women looked amazing in this match. Um, yeah, it was just incredibly entertaining from beginning to end. Can't really you know recall any specific spots or moves right now because there were so many and it was so fast. But uh, high marks here for me on that one. Uh, loved it. And... Uh, Mercedes Mayu is going to be great. We had the slap after Mercedes slapped the shit out of her. Hmm. And um, you think there's a title change there? If I read this right, that is Mercedes Monet's final contracted match with... Precisely. That's so that's that, why. That's, yeah, that that news is out there. I mean, for what it's worth, we don't know if that's a hundred percent true. That's just reports. But uh, yeah, I would hope not. I think it, she's. If they flip the title off over, I get it. Mayu, Tam. I'm sorry. Uh, geez, Louise. Mayu, uh, Kyrie. I thought was a barn burner of a an yeah. inaugural that title awesome. match and. I felt bad by the end when Mayu lost. I was just kind of like, you know, I, I like both, but I mean, by the time the match really started to get going, I wanted Iwatani to win. And when she did, it was just kind of like, ugh, you know, but that's yep. kind of feels like 
the way Mayu's story goes. It's not going to be the first time that she gets it right. You know, it might take her two or three times, but ultimately she gets over the hump. I think this is where she gets over the hump, where Mercedes goes from this point. You know, I hope it's not AEW, but um, we'll we'll soon figure that out here in a little bit. But yeah, my guess is, you know, this is going to be the redemption story of Mayu losing the title the first time around, but winning it the second time around. Hazuki, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, her time, you know, knock on wood is coming. What they say, 0-5 and, and white belt matches, 0-3. Yep. Red belt matches now, I guess you can say she's 0-2. And, and she's one loss away from becoming Hiroki Goto. Right. So at this point, <laughs> I would love to see Hazuki get a, a chance. I'm not sure if it's going to be white or red, but yeah, sooner or later, I want I would love to see her break through with a singles title. Title or maybe it's this, high speed. Maybe it's maybe it's this belt. Maybe, maybe it's it the IWGP Women's because now she's at least been in the match. She had a great performance. Let's just say hypothetically, Mercedes Monet wins, which I would love to see. And, you know, when she walked off with that belt, she said something like, I'm the queen of Japan or something like that. Princess, whatever, yeah, blah, blah, whatever, yeah. bitch. I would, like, I would like to think that her experience with New Japan, be it, what, four months, whatever, has been positive. I She's agree. got a whole new world of fans, on, eyeballs on her. Why go? Why go elsewhere? It's only been a quarter of a year. Like keep keep doing this, and you can probably have matches elsewhere. You could probably still work with AEW in this contract. So I don't want to see it end. I think you know it hasn't been a grand slam the whole way through, but I've been very impressed. I've enjoyed it. She was always my favorite women's wrestler in WWE for the longest time, and I'm enjoying this new coat of paint, so to speak. So. Uh, yeah, I really hope it continues, and maybe we get Hazuki Mercedes in a singles match. Man, don't make me run to the street like this. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> I would love to see Mercedes stick around just for selfish reasons. I thought this was a a measuring stick match to see how she would look against some of the sure. faster Joshis, and I thought she, like, you, like you said, I thought she didn't do anything to embarrass herself for anything. I thought she just added to her stock because now you can see her, you know, wrestle multiple different ways and she's still, you know, coming out looking like aces. So in that scenario, everybody wins. Mercedes goes over, but Azumi and Hazuki get over if that makes sense to you. One more match, well, two more matches I really want to talk about. Uh one that I'm I just want to get it out the way so you can laugh at me. But the first match I want to talk about has some implications with future matches going forward. You had Bullet Club, uh, in this case, David Finley, ELP, and Kenta representing Bullet Club versus Hikaleu, who we haven't seen since no. ousting Jay White, which has been very curious. I've, you said this, and when you, you said, where's Hikaleu at? I was like, shit, yeah, where has he been at? Um, Tamataga and Master Wada. So, um, Bullet Club wins in 8:46. ELP kicks Master Waddle's head off as he jumps God, off the top rope. Great! It was, <laughs> was so well timed. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's when it's done." Sudden death <laughs> claims another victim. 
And then the post-match shenanigans oh, commence. Finley finally has enough of it. Well, I, I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, David Finley begins to beat down uh, Tamatonga to kind of tease a Tamatonga. David with, Finley with the, with the never belt with the never title on the line. Um, if I'm not mistaken, then Kenta and Hikuleyu had some, uh, I believe they're going to be, have beef over the New uh, never not New Japan, uh, the never open, never strong, the strong openweight championship. There you yeah. go. Can't, I was thinking New Japan and never, but it's the open, strong openweight championship. Kenta starts to beat down Hikuleyu when Hikuleyu sees his brother getting that work from David Finley. Curious enough, ELP is not participating in this at all. Actually standing away from his brethren as they are taking their cheap shots. Kenta's and looking let, at ELP like, dude, what the fuck? You, you know, you, you not going to get me, you some of this? Let me butt in real quick. Let's Please. talk pre, pre-match as well when ELP mm-hmm. was like giving the kid a hat or whatever and Finley got all fucking pissed off about it and threw the hat or whatever. And obviously we know these two have been kind of beefing for quite a while. So uh, Even to the point where ELP kind of said if – David Finley won the New Japan Cup. He would fall in line. Obviously, J- yeah. David Finley didn't. So ELP is, you know, basically doing ELP things. Well, that didn't last too much longer because <laughs> DLP is officially been booted out of Bullet Club as he finally tries to get David Finley off of um, Tomatonga. Kenta strikes. They begin the beatdown of David Finley. Ishimori, I'm sorry, they begin the beatdown of ELP. Ishimori comes in and like an fucking mark. I'm like, oh, Ishimori's here to save the day. You know, this is Bullet Club, you idiots. Fucking Ishimori kicks him in the balls. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. So now it's the four of those guys beating down ELP to finally have the damn burst. ELP's out. David Finley, I will, I will officially say it now, at least in my eyes. He is the Bullet Club leader, whether you agree with me or not, whether you think he is or not. Another story for another time for me. I think he is. Um, Just talk about the ousting of ELP. Did did you see it coming? Not right here, right there, no. Um, I kind of thought there would maybe be, and I can't remember if we talked about this, but there would maybe be an ELP Finley match for control leadership or what have you, but no, I did not see it coming this way or right here. Um, I love, I mean, the crowds have already been kind of coming on to ELP, and you heard multiple ELP chants. Mm. I love it. The guy, if, we've been saying it for a while. He's got great baby face potential. He's been amazing on commentary every time. He's hilarious. He can fucking work. You know, we talked about the LIJ thing. You know, obviously, if that's going to happen, it's not really you know, it's, we're ways, you know, I think he's got bullet club business to kind of tend to for man, now, but he, he come on over to LIJ, man. I'll, I'll welcome you. Now, I mean, I guess he kind of is a natural ally to Tama and Hikaleo at this right. point as former bullet club members. So I kind of see them all sticking together. Where's Tangaloa? Is he, I know he's been hurt. Like, is he maybe coming back anytime soon? I mean, did they form a faction? Do they still just run his Hantai? You I would know, love to out. see him come back. I, yeah, that that has sure. never uh, he was starting way. to 
starting to impress me. You know, he, he's been not as good as Tama. Let's just be real. Right. Much better in a tag team. But he was, you know, with G1 performances, mm-hmm. he was starting to get better and better and then gets hurt. So, yeah, I agree. I'd love to see him back and get him in this mix as well. Yeah, that has never six-man open uh, title matches yeah. written all over it. Um, but just, just to put a bow on it, I just want to I'm, – I'm happy about it. I will, I'm excited to see ELP seemingly full baby face getting a little bit of a push. I mean, he's already had the never title. Sh- so I don't really see him challenging for any titles or anything right now, but I just, I'm excited to see this new, new ELP. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he helped Tama retain the title yeah. uh, over David Finley, whenever they have their, and then leading to a Finley ELP. Cause that's obviously coming. Yeah. And at probably, some point, probably, probably dominion. I would guess at this point. Smith safe bet is a couple months off. That's plenty of time to uh, to build that story up. Last match I really want to talk about from Segura Genesis, and this is kind of the reason why I picked just five guys as the intro music for our New Japan segment because of this match to start where it felt like it might have been a just five guys night. You had Doki. Uh, tai Chi and Kanemaru versus the LIJ uh, team of Naido, Bushi, and Shingo. Nineteen, oh, I'm sorry, nine twenty. The running time, bell to bell. Um, excuse me, just five guys wins. Post match is where the I, I thought I was getting ready to lose my shit there for a bit. <laughs> you got Doki getting the, giving the work to Naito. <laughs> Bushi's eating pins. You get the Shingo and Taichi, you know, standing off to each other. And I'm watching Doki choke out Naito. I'm thinking to myself, okay, now see, they're trying to piss me off to really get me mad at just five guys. <laughs> and at this point, I'm, I'm not even calling them just five guys. I'm say, I'm calling them burgers and fries because they were still burgers and fries to me at this point. But I'm, so I was, I'm kind of giggling, you know, they still burgers and fries it's okay man i ain't gonna worry about it and then nice fucking Snyder wins the fucking title i'm like damn these just five guys might be you know a little bit of a problem moving forward <laughs> might have to get these motherfuckers some steak <laughs> okay get you motherfuckers off my boys go ahead make fun of me you already kind of joked about doki choking my boy out get this over with please and thank you it's the Doki Choki, Kevin! <laughs> Doki Choki! I miss Gino Gambino, the inventor of the Doki Choki. I promise I'm getting a Doki Doki Choki t-shirt if and when they come out. But uh, yeah, as I, we kind of touched on earlier, I'm all for this. Specifically Doki Naito, because again, I don't think Doki's going to win. I think it's going to be a great moment for him, or great great spot for him, excuse me. I think he's going to deliver. I hope he delivers, and it's not a show to Umino Stitch. But, yeah, excited about that. Um, Shingo Taichi for KOPW yet again. Mm-hmm. Not going to say I'm upset about it because their trio or however many matches they had last year were all great. And that final one, I don't remember if you watched it, but it was on that JTO show. I didn't get it a chance was, to watch it. It was amazing, but it felt like a – the story, the, it was conclusion. You know, Shingo right. had beaten him multiple times. But, again, I'm not going to complain because those two guys are awesome together. And with KOPW and with Shingo's, K, like, ever since he's had it, it's been amazing. Um, you know, it's well past the days of Yon, your boy Yano and other fuckery <laughs> abound. Like, they have been serious, good, unique matches. The Hanare one, which we're going to talk about here in a sec, it's been great. So, I'll, we'll be interested to see what stipulation is, but uh, 
think I feel like Tai Chi might have to win it, you know, with just five guys getting hot here. Um, you know, he came up on the losing mm-hmm. end multiple times last year. What do you think? No, that's kind of the reason why I wouldn't be surprised if Kanemaru beat Hiromu whenever their match is. And oh, if shit. we if we have a a Tai Chi um Shingo three or four, whatever it is. I think it's three, but it could be a fourth match if they get it together. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tai Chi finally win it out. I, I, I think somehow, some way, just five guys will have two Counting titles. That yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, somehow, some way, just five guys will have two titles. Obviously, Sonata would be the one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see either. Tai Chi or Kanemaru bring home the second. I don't think both of them will. One or the other will. I agree. I think it'll be Tai Chi, but yeah, I mean, it. Kanemaru would be interesting. I don't. He's never won that belt again. He was a star in Noah's Junior Division, Mm -hmm. you know, ten plus years ago. Um, So yeah, what about his fucking silver boots? He was looking slick out there. I know Kevin Kelly pointed it out, but yeah, he looks he looks spry. Nah, the boy looks good, boy. I, I just. I just I, the whole this whole night to me was just like wow these motherfuckers are really now getting this. I was, I'm just gonna call it for what I think it is. It's a hard push. I mean, you don't get the title, the no title, and beat the guy, and not call it a hard push. They got a little shine to begin with, which I didn't think was going to be much. But then you know, just looking back on it. That should have been the the precursor of you know, hey, this is going to be a night for just five guys. So I I give him credit. You know, I might call them burgers and fries if they piss me off at some point. But for this episode, I will give them their love. Two thoughts, uh, I guess, honorable mention mention matches to the road leading to Segura Genesis. We kind of talked about this. Well, we dipped our toe in it, but we're going to talk about it really quick. Hanari versus Shingo in the KOPW triad match. So basically what this was going down to is to win the match, you had to win by pinfall, you had to win by submission, and then knock your man down so he could not answer the 10 count. I didn't get a running time on this, but (laughs) this was a really, really good match because I was like, okay, how do you get the 10 count? Because this, the first two you can get. Shingo having a submission, I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Shingo use a submission before, but he ends up getting the submission, obviously, and then finally gets uh, Hanare to not able to beat the 10 count to win that, uh, I guess, better choice of words, retain the KOPW, and then the night before, I believe that was uh, 4-3 show, the main event, House of Torture loses to uh, Strong Style to set up Renarita going in the backstage and challenging Okada and two partners of his choice. Talk about either or match. Yeah, I actually didn't watch the Never Six Man, I'll be honest, um, but the Ultimate Triad went 38-15. Obviously, it was going to be long given the stipulation. I loved it. Not as much as Dave Meltzer, who went five and a quarter stars, which I think is a little bonkers. God, I went damn. four and a half. I went four and a half. That was four um, and a half, was, too. That was def- – it, it, Jesus. It, it, it felt long at times because it had to be, but I was never yeah. not engaged. I was never not engaged. Um, and, again, I just said it. Like, these Shingo KOPW stipulations have all been incredibly unique. You know, the who gets the most pins in a, in 10 minutes or first to 30 or whatever it may be. Um, they've all been fun, unique, and, like, they get really intense at the end. So, 
and that's exactly what this was. And, you know, we can say whatever we want about Shingo, the man, he's my daddy and he's one of the best in the world, but this was about further establishing Aaron Hanare. We've said it before, you know, I think he needs a particular type of opponent to excel at this level. Shingo being perfect. Ishii, you know, the bruiser types. Yeah, guys um, all stand in but, front of him and just yeah, trade with him. By far his best singles match for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just really good stuff here. Um, loved it. No, I'm very interested to see if Hanari gets into the G1 and if so, what he does. Oh, he'll be, he'll be there. I mean, he, that's the thing. After last year, he ain't he ain't going to be gone. And I think if anything, they may extend it to 32 this year, but we'll see about Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, nothing coming up. Uh, we talked about, uh, I shouldn't say that, but we did talk about the road to Kenny Omega and Dominion. I think we've covered everything New Japan-wise, yeah? I think so. All right, let's flip over to stardom. So, obviously, we were going to talk about uh, we were the last episode was a preview of the Cinderella tournament that started on March 26th. Biggest tournament of uh, the history of stardom when it comes to the Cinderella tournament. And to me, this is the theme music of the person that not only kind of represents what's happening in this tournament, but what happened before the tournament because there was two spots open. And what song is what song is this? Who's this, this it? This is Waka's song. So okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. Two spots were open before we even got to the tournament. One spot was taken. We'll talk about that in a second as I rapidly go through the winners of the first round. But a second spot was open, and this spot was against Lady C. So obviously Waka had her back against the wall with a tag team match. Uh, Tom Nakano as her partner versus. Uh, Takahashi and I believe it was Kyrie as the opponents. Somehow, some way, after two years and seven months, Waka finally gets her first win. She gets to stay in Cosmic Angels, and life is good. So she becomes one of the two surprise entrants into the uh, the Cinderella tournament. And obviously, we'll like I said, we'll delve into that more. Did you watch that match? I did not know. Um, I know that was on the new blood show. I, of course, so I had it spoiled on Instagram beforehand anyway. So I wasn't like too upset. Obviously I was happy to see it. Um, and yeah, that momentum has certainly continued as we'll get to get to, but, uh, yeah, certainly happy for her. No doubt. I mean, I'm not like ingrained enough in the story of, admittedly. Cause as you know, I sometimes skip early matches and shows. So like, of course I've seen Waka, but like not a ton, but, yeah, happy about it. Um, may go back and watch some of this. Like, I want to watch the new blood tag at some point, but there's just been so fucking much. So, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it has been a, a busy couple weeks, to say the least. <laughs> um, obviously, Waka won, so she got into the Cinderella tournament as one of the two mystery opponents. We'll talk about the second one in a second. She had, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, she had the opening match of the entire tournament against Lady C and she wins that two in a row for Waka uh, after two years and seven months I'm like well god damn <laughs> this, is a, this is a nice little push for Waka we'll get back to that in a second 
other winners of the first round, uh, Saya Edia, uh, Ami Saray. Uh, I'll just go through the winners and then I'll come back to the double eliminations. That's kind of a, a big stick. There were point. many. <laughs> to this uh, first well, round. Let's also, let's also say 10 minute time limit on these. And yes, you can lose by over the top rope elimination, which again, it makes this very unique, but there were one too many uh, double eliminations for, I'd say both of our teams. Very, very much so. Um, Kashima beats uh, Momo Kongo. Mirai beats Hanan. Uh, Thekla over Kojima. Uh, Nakatsu versus over uh, Rukaka, Shuri versus over uh, Enema Toka Tomaga Enema. I, I wish they wouldn't have put those two together. I just, just, ugh. you know, I just like them both. I just, I just didn't want to see that. But that's just me. First, uh, well, the second of the double eliminations: Azumi and Hazuki. The first was Umasaki and Starlight Kid. You had. One that you kind of kind of warned me that was going to be a little fluky, but it ends up coming out to pass where uh, Sakurai wins over Julia, even though both go over the top rope, but they award the match to my Sakurai. You make the call on that. Um, I'll get to like her. Lex Luger, Bret Hart, Rumble 94 shit. Very but again, there, there were other matches where it felt like the finish was executed like where it should have been for this one. As you know, like it felt like there were other times where someone's feet pretty clearly didn't hit first, but they called it the double elimination. And this one was pretty close in my eyes. I didn't think it was a double elimination, but I... I'll just say this before going on a, a huge rant on it. I hope I'm not even going to go on a huge rant on it. This is like them doing draws uh, back in the day. They've done it when you For do sure. it one too many times and you see it one too many times. Now you, you ran it into the ground. If I'm not mistaken, there were one, two, three, four double eliminations. And then um, who is this? Utami and Nene Takahashi actually went to 10-minute time limit, so they were both eliminated, but it was just not over the top rope. It was just they went yep. through the time limit. That's, what, 10, 10 women right there eliminated? Look, some of those you can have actually get pinned, okay? Azumi and uh, Azuki are probably the only ones that I can see just kind of glancing at it that you probably – wanted to protect sure Kawa could have been Natspoy okay Mayu and uh, Saya Kamatini okay maybe you want to protect them I'll give you that from there I just don't get if you want to do that then just cut the the tournament down in number and just have people go over I rather and of see, all people of all people that lose you have Julia lose like yeah. <laughs> and again I get it's May Sakurai and she also is making a nice run here. Uh, but, yeah, just che- some curious decisions. Yeah, I have thoughts on that as well. Um, what are those? Uh, Momo Wanatami beats uh, Micah, which I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, Micah can't cut a fucking break over here. What the and, fuck? And then Tam Nakano fucking beating Himeka, who can't catch a fucking break on a retirement <laughs> tour. Why the fuck are you retired? No, I, whatever. It's just... 
I just I'm gonna miss her. No, I'm, she's it, losing, and she's losing every fucking match. It, it's 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 not every match, but it seems like you know I, it, it, it's every scenario, like, meaningful yeah, match. Yeah, where I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, it's the main event. You know, it's Tam, but you know. They, she could beat Tam. Tam doesn't need this match, which she kind of does because Julia's ahead. So I get it. Plus the fact that Hemika's on the way out. I get it. It just, by the end of this first round, I watched it. I was just like, I even hate yeah. to use the word that I'm going to use, but that's just the way I felt. I felt disgusted. It was just like, <laughs> I was just genuinely upset. I, I put I like three it. or four hours into this, and this is the it's result. It's like 20 match show or whatever, you know, and again, they're all quick and some curious booking decisions. And yeah, you got Tam and Hameka in the main event. As you said, Tam set up to challenge Julia. So you need her to look strong, but Julia just fucking took an L. So why can't Tam? Right. And yeah, I thought there was maybe some light at the end of the tunnel here, but no, the jumbo princess goes down yet again and it's bullshit. Yeah, that was that's the one where I was just like, okay, you know what? I just I can't I can't watch Star of <laughs> You guys have pissed I know, me I took, the I fuck took like off. A- Probably two week break. I didn't watch it from then until today. So, yeah. When we talked about when we were going to record, I was like, okay, I got to watch this shit. You know, and I I can't even believe I was like, you know, I got to, it felt like I was, you know, I was going to watch WWE. It's like, let me watch this shit. And I was just like, dude, I can't believe this is how I feel about starting right now. But at least this first round just left a little bad taste in my mouth. Um, I'm sorry. Xena was the the other surprise Uh, entrance. Um, Venus. To now no next newest member of Club Venus. Um, she fits the she fits the bill just fine. Yeah, um, she was more than impressive to say the least. Uh, <laughs> she beat, uh, I believe it was Hina in round one. I did not write. Were that you down. were you familiar with Zena before this at all? Not at all. Uh, when Me she neither. came out, um, I was watching it on Stardom World, and yeah. her picture popped up, and I'm like, okay, so this is obviously you know, the mystery uh, opponent. And I'm like, I have no idea who this is. And that's okay. I'm, it's not the end of the world. You know, I always like to watch new shit. But uh, just the the quick, you know, glance of it, you know, she's going to be the powerhouse of uh, Club Venus. And I like the Roderick Strong kind of uh, finisher that she has, like the double knees to the gut or whatever after pressing yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, nice little start there. Um Third round action, Mirai beats Saya Idia, Xena beats uh, Thekula, Maya Sakurai, <laughs> Jesus Christ, she beats Mariah May, I'm not oh, going to start oh. down on that, um, yeah. <laughs> Nakatsu beats Tam Nakano, and then Saki steals a win over Shuri after Shuri drags her out from the back. Fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> Those two are so great every single time with Saki just being petrified. Yeah, her music's playing. I went to like go get a drink or something come back, she's still not out. It's like a minute at least. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And literally, Shuri has to go. To the, she's talking to the ref. And I'm like, is this like real? Is right. someone like taking a shit or something? <laughs> and then, I'm, it's, then I put two and two together. I'm like, no, this bitch just ain't come. She's scared to death. <laughs> right. and yeah, Can you blame her? Shuri had to, Shuri had to drag her ass out. And again, Saki gets the fluke win as she's done before. And part of uh, just the way she plays this type of match is brilliant. Like she, 
you know, she's petrified. She's hiding in the corner, and then she finally gets some action in. Like, there's a moment, you know, she gets some near, gets her over the rope, and it's near, and then she, like, slaps her in the face, and then she apologizes. Right. It's like, like, oh, anytime, shit. <laughs> anytime she does an offensive move, she cowers in fear and apologizes. And it's, <laughs> it's just a great, if you're going to have this many matches, and, like, you know, TJPW definitely a little leans more into the comedy side of things in terms of Joshi, but stardom definitely does from time to time. And yeah, this was so fucking good. No, it was a, a nice breath of fresh air after the, the grind, I will say of the first round <laughs> yeah. for sure. Quarterfinal matches, four of them. Uh, Waka beats Saki. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Kashima. Thank you very much. Uh, Mirai beats. Uh, can't even read my own handwriting at this point. Zena. Um, Ami Saray beats uh, Nakatsu. And my Sakurai once again steals another victory over Momo Watatame. I almost forgot. And hit it. Hit her in the face with the bat too. <laughs> uh, it came out, you know, and that's kind of where I, the good place where to stop because I wanted to talk about my Sakurai, so this is a good place to do it. She has been uh, very interesting, at least post match, cutting promos, calling people commoners, uh, talking yeah. about how you're going to be yeah. fantasizing <laughs> over this eating frozen eating frozen food. The whole nine yards. Very, I won't say curious, but I did say that Sakurai was might have been one to watch coming into 2023, and I think this is going – I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say it. I think she's going to win the tournament. Kind of pointing this direction. Yeah. I mean, with these four, with these four, Mirai won it last year, so she's probably not going to win again. Waka, <laughs> let me just say she had took her over two years to get one win. Now she's, she's somehow herself. in the final four. <laughs> and Ami, and Ami Sore, I mean, she's already future champ. Like, she doesn't need to win this, and I don't want her to win this. Right. So, I, I agree with you. I think that is the logical pick here. And again, she got the win over Julia, her faction mate. Um, yeah, it's uh, again we we're saying it off air. Some interesting booking decisions, uh, or I guess we may have said it here too. But it's nice that you know the Waka and Saki Kashima and you know these girls are getting a shine here. Uh, May Sakurai, of course. So in a you know this is kind of more akin to a New Japan Cup than a G One. The five star more like the G One and New Japan Cups. You know you David Finley. It's mm. Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. Like you get the non-main event players to win or have great performances. So I'm for it. You know, it's not exactly what we drew up, but uh, here we are. Hell no, it was not what we drew up. I was going to say, I said this part off air. If you got this final four, uh, Waka, Ami Saray, Mirai, and uh, my Sakurai, then <laughs> you are in the wrong business, my friend. Uh, so the final, semifinal and final are going to happen on the 15th. The two matches are set. You have My Sakurai versus Waka in one match, Mirai versus Ami Saray in the opposite match. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Mirai in the one half, and then obviously I got Sakurai in the other, and then Sakurai, I would assume, would win it. But I, I agree with that. I think her beating Mirai, I think, would be a bigger deal than Ami, even though Ami is the future champ, but Mirai's a step above in my eyes. It would tease the fact that Mirai would uh, go back to back, uh, be yeah, the second you have to that do it. Narrative. 
And frankly, I think Mirai has been the most impressive one throughout this tournament. Um, I mean, not a ton of opportunity, frankly, for a lot of folks here. But I told you off air, like her match against Hannon in the first round was maybe my favorite, if not second. Like, I loved it. I think Hannon, you said it to me in text, she's been back to form. And I saw, like, it was one of the undercard matches of these shows. It was her, Hazuki, Koguma, and Mayu. Mm -hmm. And they all came out together. I'm like, she is by far. Are the biggest. She's like, when did this happen? But she's what, nineteen years old? I like, think so. Yeah, so just growing. graduated high school. So crazy that, shit. Not that it's like she's huge, but the, and those other girls aren't as big. But it just she stood out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but back to Mirai, I think she's been really good. Um, and yeah, I would like to see her in the final. Any, I would. I hate to use the word losers, but anyone that has been disappointing in these uh first three rounds so far not really just just the booking just the double eliminations even, even julia taking the l like it doesn't bother me really and it's propelling may sakurai so no nothing really in particular i'd say it's just a a strange it's been a strange tournament yeah to say the least uh once again an honorable mentioned match you had queen's quest versus prominence queen's quest in this scenario would be azumi utami and saya kamatini going against prominence for the artists of stardom titles i believe this was can't think of the date off the top of my head just a couple days ago or or two i think it was Yes. Yeah. The yeah. shows were four one and four two. Yeah, sounds right. Um, this was obviously, like I said, for the artists of Storm uh, titles. Prominence coming in as the champions. QQ getting their challenge uh, after beating uh, Prominence in the Triangle Derby tournament. I, I totally forgot about that until QQ came out and challenged them backstage neither here nor there i thought this was a really good match it just reminds oh, yeah. me why i love prominence so much suzu suzuki feels like the the young phenom risa yeah. is like the the leader and then uh kurumi is karami the, yeah, is the like the, the, the powerhouse yeah yeah the glue the powerhouse and does all things that these other women can't do i thought they i think right now they're the best trio in stardom and I thought yeah. if this was going to be a slip up, this is where they would slip up. Obviously, that did not happen. Prominence retains, didn't get the running time, but I did give you a star rating, four and a quarter. And I agree. I think it was about 16 or so. Yeah, awesome match. Suzu pinning Utami. You know, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Do we see a singles match there? Yeah. I hope so. Oh, yeah, uh, that's going to happen somewhere down the line. Several near, several great near falls, mostly between those two. Like it took her a lot to put her away, so it felt like a big deal. Karami looked like a fucking beast in this match. That's uh, girl. Risa Sarah was kind of on the sidelines. You know, this match wasn't about her. Um, you know, we know what she can do. She's kind of the unofficial leader, I guess, by seniority. But Suzu's really the fucking leader here. But Risa Sarah, you know, she did just fine. She's great. We love her. No, just uh, but just save was, her for match, some big shit. <laughs> yeah, this match was more about those other two. And again, you're going against one of the most, on paper, just powerful trios in stardom. I mean, high-speed champ record breaker, wonder of stardom champ record breaker, and I believe the red belt record holder, correct? Correct. And you taught me. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty fearsome group there. And uh, they got the W. And, yeah, 
Couldn't agree with you more. Prominence fucking rules. Suzu is already a star. Mm. Did you hear how that crowd was fu- when she came in? Because she was the last one to come in on her team. She got a huge pop and pinned you, Tommy. Yeah, four and a quarter. Tremendous match. Yeah, love prominence. Can't wait to see more. And we had some challengers, some interesting challengers step up after. So post-match um, prominence basically calls out whoever wants to come get some can come get some. And Kyrie comes out, which I was, like I said before, <clears throat> I stayed away from anything stardom after the first round. So this was a, a big surprise to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, did, I didn't hear. I hadn't heard it had happened either. And she looked fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Um, <laughs> Kyrie comes out and says, you know, I, I want to challenge. But obviously, I'm not challenging alone. So let's bring out my first a partner, which is Natspoy. Um I guess we're going back to the Cosmic Angels loose affiliation where via Tam Naspoy is just as good. Obviously, Tam has business on that same card, the 23rd. And then a third member comes out. And this is a person I was not familiar with. Maybe you know me, more. Me, me. Okay. Nope. Not familiar. Damn it. But had, had a mask on, looked cool coming out. But yeah, I, I, honestly, I didn't jot the name down. Do you have the name? Uh, I, would, I can, I'm going to spell it because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. S A O R I. A N O U. I'm gonna say sorry, Anu. Yeah, something uh, in that realm. Yeah, okay. I'm not familiar. We'll uh, we'll do our research and we'll be better versed uh, next time we talk to you. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm curious to what what I think I I can at least you know connect the dots is there is connection between uh, Anu and Natspoy because post match they at least said you know hey it's good to see you again and then yeah. obviously. Yeah. Her, uh, Ano and Suzu yeah. were basically like, you know, Suzu was like, I'm not the little girl that you, you know, once knew before. So somehow, some way, there is a prominence connection that is there that we don't know about. And somehow, some way, I'm, I'm sure it will flesh itself out. This is where, you know, I've gone back to uh, Starm's Twitter page to see if I can uh, see something there. If I find out what her name used to be, that could be another um, way to figure out, find some more matches. But like Brett said, the next time we will be more versed in that. But ultimately, that leads into our preview for the All-Star Grand Queendom on April 23rd. That match, the prominence match versus Kyrie Natspoy and Sari Ano is one of Eight matches that I've yes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches on this card. This card looks like, and I know we just said, you know, this card here, Segura Genesis, is the card of the year. This one might be in the, getting into the chat here momentarily. In no particular order, I'll just start at the top. Obviously, for the red belt, you'll have Julia versus Tam Nakano. For the IWGP uh, Women's Championship, you'll have Mercedes Monet versus Maya, uh, <clears throat> Mayu Iwatani. Uh, white belt, Saeed Kamatini versus Mina Shirakawa. Uh, Shuri versus Hachimoto in just basically who's the oh. baddest bitch on the block. Oh. <laughs> that, that motherfucker right there is going to be nice. Uh-huh. Um, you uh-huh. versus... Uh-huh. 
shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody bring some. Uh, just have a, a bucket of uh, ice bass right on outside, just waiting for whoever the loser is and the winner for that matter. Nene uh, Takahashi and you, the guys, the Stardom champions, they're going to take on Mirai and Amy Saray. Himika versus Micah in what I think is the last match for Himika in her uh, retirement road, and then just recently announced uh, Azumi and my Segura versus uh, Starlight Kid and May Sira. So you have those eight matches. I'm sure you will have a couple more dark pre-show matches, whatever you want to call it. If you had to watch one match of these eight, you can never watch any other. You can only watch one. Which is it? Wow. Uh, I'll tell you, it's not uh, Nene Takahashi <laughs> and you against Ami Sore and Mira. I say, you know, you want to hear that bitch screaming. <laughs> um, it'll it's, these top four are so strong: Julia Tam, Sayamina, Mercedes Mayu, Hashimoto Shuri. But there's only one we haven't seen yet, and it's the one that's not even for a title. And it's mm. Yuri versus Chihiro Hashimoto. Because, yeah. as you said, who's the baddest bitch on the block? We don't need a title here. Uh, Hashimoto, you know, just came in to start, bulldozed her way into stardom, <laughs> has looked unbeatable. Great match with Mirai. You know, she wiped the floor with Jumbo Princess Emeka, unfortunately. Um, you know, we know, we know Shuri's pedigree. But, you know, we've seen Julia and Tam multiple times, but we know it's going to be fucking electric. I expect Mina to get her moment here and and I as rain, uh, and it'll be great. And again, Mercedes Mayu is a dream match. It's going to be awesome, but for some reason, and, you know, Chihiro Hashimoto Shuri, you know, might only get 15 minutes since it's fourth from the top, but going to be a fucking barn burner i hope it gets a little more time but uh good question what's your answer uh honestly i was leaning mercedes versus mayu T to me this is one of those matches that was my that was my second that's my second answer as soon as sasha banks was rumored to leave, be leaving or getting kicked out of wwe whichever camp you want to be in and we were kind of like, you know, where can she go? You know, what matches can we, you know, dream up to have her, you know, do things non-WWE? This is one of those matches that I didn't think it would be for the uh, IWGP Women's Championship. But that that just adds a little, you know, a little more spice to the uh, the gumbo, so to speak. If I had to watch one, this is the one I want to watch. Shuri and Hashimoto is a very good, is like 1A because there is, like I said, the two baddest bitches I've seen in the last six months, and somebody's got to lose. This mm -hmm. is this is going to be real interesting because I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. okay, because these first couple I'm gonna let you ride on. You know, Mirai, okay, you know she's cool, but you know she ain't, you know, don't, that bitch. You know, nope. on that on that white belt level. Himika, I get it. You know, this is probably on the checklist on the way out. You know, it shows that you could throw the big girls around. Okay, that's cool. Sherry's a whole different animal. And I am real interested to see how that bad boy is booked because if she can throw if she can throw Sherry around and dominate her like she's dominated these other two women, now you have my attention for sure. But yeah. And I think 
I think we discussed this a little bit last time about who's going over here, and I think we both kind of leaned Hashimoto. I'm still feeling that way. Just again, like she's new, needs to establish. Maybe you set her up for a Julia match, and you know Shuri will be just fine if she loses. But obviously, I won't be surprised if Shuri wins. But no, not at all. Feeling? No, I'm still the same way. I would think that Shuri is over enough to where she. It's not like she held the title for you know a couple months or she lost it. Uh, on the first go around, you know, she was basically, you know, December to December and she just lost it to just someone that was it was her. It was Julia's time to get the title. And just for the story that we've told with about Julia, right place, right time, right opponent. Perfect. No problem with that. I can't. I can't wait to see them tagging against each other or tagging yeah. with each other against um Himika and Micah coming down the stretch. That oh, and the, yeah. uh, the six man or the six woman uh, Golden Generations uh, six woman t- uh, tag match. I want to see that too. That would be interesting. But another story for another time. Um, anything stardom related that I didn't touch on that you want to touch on? I don't think so. I think uh, we've got a lot to look forward to here after, you know, I don't want to say some down shows, but, you know, not the most exciting stardom stuff we see outside the artist title match which was excellent now um, like i said <clears throat> for me and i i hate even to use the word disgusted but it was <laughs> it was not very fun watching those first three i i, I did warn you though you did you did and i was just like yeah okay no big deal and then you know like halfway through i was like okay this is not as bad as i thought it was going to be and then it felt like like a bunch of the double yeah. eliminations were happening in a row and I'm sitting there tweeting it on and I'm like you know this is you know this match and double elimination this match and I'm like damn man what the fuck okay now see this is some <laughs> bullshit okay now you starting to piss me off like I said by the end I was just like oh my god thank you Jesus it was like watching six episodes of Monday Night Raw in a row all bad in a row you know just <laughs> It was not very fun. I'm still looking forward to the to at least seeing how they book the stardom uh, two matches, the semifinal and the final. But to me, it's all about that uh, the 23rd show. That's just going to be a monster show. Circle the date. Yep. It's it could easily be one of the contenders, finalists for show of the year. But obviously, we got a lot of shows to go before we get to that. Let's jump back to the. I guess WrestleMania week, one of the shows that started WrestleMania week was TJPW in Los Angeles. And I know we did, I did her music last time, but now I'm thinking to myself, whose music do I want to do? But I'm like, man, this woman has done it again. When you win two titles, it's hard for me to come away from your music a second time. You know, that to me has to be a tip of the cap. And I thought Yamashita would have been a contender only because we got to see her live. Shockingly, at 5.55 p.m. Central Standard Time, <laughs> I, was, I missed the very beginning of it, and but, uh, yeah, that was uh, very cool. No, and we will talk about that here towards the end of the quote-unquote homework assignment. But, yes, once again, Mizuki steps forward, takes center stage, however you want to call it. She had an amazing... Uh, 
tag match to close the show. Uh, TJPW live in Los Angeles. The first time they have been in Los Angeles. They were supposed to come pre-pandemic. And then obviously the world changed. They had to take a couple years, let everything settle. And they came back or they came over and they came over with a vengeance. I thought this crowd was really hot. It felt like they were, they knew the crowd or or they knew the, the product. They knew the spots. They popped when they needed to pop. They said, you know, chanted when they needed to chant. I thought this was one of the best shows of WrestleMania week from start to finish. Thoughts on just overall before we start dive into the matches. Yeah, totally agree. Great show. Crowd was great. Not really a down moment. You know, all the matches were very solid. You know, nothing too long. Great main event. My girl Billy Starks looking good yet again. Uh, yeah, this was awesome. And uh, yeah, kudos to the crowd and uh, all the performers. Good shit. Yeah, the Globe Theater apparently was sold out. I'm glad that, uh, and I said this on Twitter before we break down the card real quick. If you are on the fence about TJPW, you want to stick your toe into it, this was a really good show to kind of figure out if you like it or not. English commentary is... It's very accessible show. Right. And I thought English commentary, whoever did the commentary, and I can't think of who uh, did it for this show, knew their shit, number one. And they knew the storylines that to be able to connect the dots for those who are just coming in for the first time. If you were, you know, if me and person X were watching this and I knew what was going on and person X didn't person X, I think could be able to keep up with the storylines that were being told going from point A to point B. I thought that was really good. And number two, like I said, the fans made this show feel that much more, exciting and it probably was and i've never seen the globe theater but i'm assuming it's a, a little more of a smaller venue it didn't feel like yeah. a small venue them the, the fans in la were hot and they knew their shit so kudos to them <clears throat> to open the show i did not know that uh orissa indu and susan may had a team name daisy princess am i saying daisy daisy monkey. monkey okay i'll say that i didn't write it down but i was just like i was just in shock when the commentary team said, I was like, well, fuck, you know, I knew that, uh, Hikari Noah and, uh, free, now to, free Wi-Fi. Yeah, they knew they were free Wi-Fi, but I was just like, wow, I never knew that Daisy monkey. It didn't even make sense. I was just like, okay, well, fuck it. Daisy monkey. It is. So you had them as the curtain jerker. Um, great opener. Yeah. Great opener. I thought, uh, free Wi-Fi and, uh, Kakoda and Hikari Noah, Flipped heels so good in the middle of the match to make Susan May and Endu look like the, the true baby face heels that I think they are going to be going down the line. I love their baby face potential as a team, and they had good chemistry, even though they took the L on in this match. Thoughts on the curtain jerker? Yeah, really good. I mean, just right out of the gate, just quality TJPW action here. And yeah, good. Like Susan May and Endu, like you said, didn't win, but. They're always so much fun, both together and singles. I always like them. And, uh, yeah, this was uh, just a quality opener. No, I was going to say, I thought this was uh, a good way to get the crowd involved. I gave it three and a half stars to open it up. But it probably could be like three and a, three quarters. But either way, I thought this that's was probably a- That's where I was, probably 375. Uh, Kai versus Yuki Kamafuku in the second match. Uh, Kai just, well, I shouldn't say just coming back, but she was in Japan for a couple of shows, had a 
really good match versus Miyu Watatambe, while at the time Watatambe was the international princess of princess champion. They had a nice little title match. Obviously, Watatambe retained then, but lost to Rika Tatsumi later on at uh, Grand Princess. We'll talk about her in a second. Uh, Janai Kai versus Yuki Kamafuku. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, it was quick, but it was good. Crowd loved Yuki. How could they not? Um, <laughs> and yeah, Janai College, you know, like you said, she had she had those good matches in Japan. And uh, yeah, this was quick, but uh, just good stuff. A little surprising uh, crowd booing Janai Kai with the quick finish, not necessarily saying that's a bad thing just something that i wrote down because it was just curious she came in as the baby face and then slowly as the match kind of unfolded kamafuku kind of won them over and then they showed their displeasure at the end with the quick janai kai win but a kick to the face it wasn't like you know this was some fluke roll up i mean she ate a kick in the face what do you want next up you had hyper masato and trisha door versus raku and yukiano um i wasn't sure and I've, I've said it before and i will just it bears repeating not the biggest comedy uh fan when it comes to wrestling obviously giant panda was our last episode which <laughs> it still makes brett giggle and it makes me wince thinking about it as i even say the words uh, giant panda on a, a podcast but neither here nor there i like hyper masato so i was already kind of giggling when she comes out trisha door is her new superhero tag team partner so i was like okay that's what's cool Raku is always the one where I'm just kind of like, is this funny or about just too high? This was yeah. funny in this scenario because yeah. for whatever reason, she won me over doing the same thing she's always done, getting everybody to be quiet. You know, how she, you know, puts people to sleep is beyond me. And then, you know, steps on, you know, goes for the attempted pin. For whatever reason, this match worked. I had to, I, I love I love to hear it. I, I, I got to admit, I, this was one of my favorite matches of the show. I don't know if it was the fact that the crowd was into it or whatever they were doing. Finally made me giggle for once, but I have to give this match credit. I gave it three and a half. Not as good as, well, I shouldn't say not as good, just as good as the curtain jerker, but just a different look. This gives you a different feel of what TJP double, TJPW is there to offer to you. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Really showing off the variety, that comedy piece that I mentioned earlier that they definitely lean into more than stardom. And yeah, this was just good fun. Crowd was loving it. Um, yeah, not too much else to say. I definitely enjoyed it. Probably three and a half as well. But uh, yeah, just this show, just again, it had kind of all TJPW has to offer. Good shit. Wasteland War Party back together again. Last time we saw them was at Grand Princess after they dropped the titles to uh, Yamashita and Makito. I believe it was Max the Impaler beating down Highway Howitzer post-match. And I was thinking to myself, when you sent me the link and I saw they were teaming together, I was like, okay, so this could go one of two ways. Either they win this match 
or they turn on each other and all yeah. hell is going to break loose. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was kind of rooting for the latter because I, I love me some drama that ain't got shit to do with your boy named JCB. So <laughs> I was like, just please go and just go at each other. Their opponents for the uh, the match here were Shoka Nakajima and the aforementioned Miyu Watatame. Uh, Wasteland War Party goes over fairly impressive fashion. I kind of saw this coming as the match progressed. It's just it's no no disrespect to Shoko Nakajima. She's one of my favorites. Miyu Watatame, I think, is the the next big star. That's oh, not. Yeah that you don't know about just yet. The fact that I think it was, she, she swing Heidi. Yeah. She swung Heidi around. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's it was like twice her size, basically. Although like, I think I've said it before while Miyu Watanabe doesn't look fearsome. She is a fucking unit and she is stout and the, she is strong. The and, fact that uh, she yeah, wanted to go at these women head up yeah. and with like, you know, I'm going to bounce off this road, but I'm going to give this bitch all I got. I was just like, okay, yeah. I'll give you credit. It's not going to work, but I'll give you credit. What the hell? Go ahead, girl. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It was very entertaining for sure. I can't, I was either three, seven, I think three, seven, five. That was a lot of three, seven, five, four range on this show for sure. No, I gave it three, seven, five myself. Just the fact that I liked War, Wasteland War Party back and together and looking dominant somewhere down the line. I think they're going to be back over in Japan to wrestle for the uh, the Princess of Princess Tag titles, but another story for another time. Um, next up, you had Billy Starks versus Rika Tatsuzumi for the international Princess of Princess title. I believe this is the first, yes, it was the first uh, title defense for Rika uh, this feels like what the title was supposed to be or meant to uh, designed to be, however you want to call it, where you can bring international talent over to Japan, or in this case, you're bringing the talent over to the States or to Europe, whatever the case may be, where you can have a bigger variety of talent facing your champion. Tatsumi just winning the title off of Miyu Watatame at Grand Princess, becoming, I believe, the first uh, Triple Crown Grand Slam champion, however you want to call it, for TJPW. Gets this first title defense, beats Billy Starks in a really good match. I thought this was the match of the night. I gave it four stars. What'd you think? Oh, nice. Yeah. Again, at three, seven, five, or four, I can't remember. Um, great. You know, only went nine minutes, but uh, they maximized the time. You know, Billy Starks continues to impress. I haven't watched the Jade match yet because I typically don't go out of my way to watch Jade matches uh, these days. And, in fact, skip a lot of them. But I am going to because, like Billy Starks, you know, we, we've interviewed her on the Brain Buster Boys. She's a Louisville native where Bo and I both live now. Uh, so it's someone I'm definitely rooting for. And, you know, conti- her star continues to rise. And uh, I thought she put on a heck of a performance here yet again. And, what else is there to say about Rika? She's awesome. And, uh, yeah, this was – I had the main event as my match of the night, but I would say this is number two. Better choice of words. It was my match of the night leading up to the main oh, event. Okay, okay, yeah. Heard You're that. Totally correct on that. Uh, just one side note that I was thinking about, um, Janai Kai, Trisha Dora, Billy Starks, all unsigned talent blows my mind. Somebody needs yep. to uh, yep. figure that shit out and figure that shit out quick. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. in the main event, you had Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki versus Makito and Miyu Yamashita. Um, I'm sure you have the running time. 
I just thought this was going to be, you know, a nice little cherry on top of the cake match. You know, thanks for yep. coming out. Champs are going to retain. We're going to go, you know, go our separate ways. Obviously, Makito is coming back to Japan and Yamashita is going to continue her U.S. tour. Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll say the magical nope. sugar rabbits pulled the win out. I, w- I, won't e- I won't even call it an upset because obviously yeah, they've been he- champs before. Um, Yamashita and Makito, to, to my surprise, at least in kayfabe, don't really get along and they've won the title. So I don't necessarily have a huge problem with it. I was I'm genuinely surprised that they lost, Same. but I, I wasn't like, you know, mad or anything. It, it made sense. Mizuki is going to be at least on the short list of women's wrestlers of the year. As far as I'm concerned, when you get two belts and you do it in this kind of fashion, you beat your BFF and tag team partner to win the titles, and then you come back with BFF to win the tag team titles. There's something to be said about that. So, I mean, she's at least it should be in the discussion, depending on you know how these two reigns run. Uh, neither here nor there. I gave this four and a quarter. So obviously, my match of the night. I thought that the, once again the crowd was high for it. They you know pop for everybody's you know little spots where whether it was Makito or uh, Sakazaki. I thought this was really good and was. The title change was like the cherry cherry on top. This match was the cherry. The title change was the cherry cherry, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Four and a quarter. Uh, surprise. Uh, not a huge surprise, but a surprise indeed. Um, with This was the first title defense for Ito and Yamashita, which, again, they were kind of like put together and, like you said, didn't really get along before, but their title win, very satisfying. Um, good moment, and this as well. And yeah, you said it. Mizuki, double champ. Hell of a year thus far she's had. We'll see how long she holds on to him, but both reigns just beginning. So uh, that'll be exciting to follow. And yeah, I mean, what a perfect main event. I mean, I'd say these are the four top stars in the promotion. Would, would you agree? I mean, with Miyu Watanabe on her way up, but uh, at least in my eyes, these are the, the top four. Nakajima needs and to Shoko, be. Shoko Nakajima, yeah, Shoko yeah. Nakajima also in that. You're right. That would be the sixth. And yeah, with Watanabe, like right. I don't even want to say outside looking in because she's there in my eyes. She just doesn't have the hardware to prove it yet. But, yeah, I was going to say give her time. Yeah. I think that w- that will totally change. Uh, Rika, obviously, I think should be in this discussion as well. But oh yeah, Rika, Rika as well. Yeah, for sure. Go with but, those yeah, six. Let's say four of the biggest. Yeah. I was going to say the others are already on the show. No particular order: Uh, Tatsumi, Mizuki, Sakazaki, uh, Yamashita, Makiido, and Nakajima. That's like your foundation, and then you're building. You're going to put Miyu Watanabe on top of that. Is like the next tier of of uh, young superstars and like i've said before when we talked about tjpw there's their roster is a young roster and if they they even start to remotely come together that bad boy is gonna be nice (laughs) um yeah there i feel like we say it every time it's such a great product and uh if you've got the means give it a shot they're they're kill i mean them and stardom both are amazing i mean I don't even want to say they're a step below stardom. It's just a little different. You it know? is just and a both, little different. 
both are incredibly quality wrestling promotions. Yeah, and I was going to say this was this is a uh, a great beginner's guide. If like I said, if you were yeah, even interested exactly. or you know you never seen a show, there's a guy that. You know, touched to me on twitter and he always sees me you know tweeting about tjpw he's you know apparently bought the show and he was like you know it's the first show i ever saw you know i really enjoyed it so you know maybe we just made a new fan right there maybe not but at least he put the the toe in the war and he liked it so hopefully that uh moves forward um didn't see any preview i know uh mizuki has a title match coming up i think it's against calcutta uh, Vert Vixen against uh, Tatsumi. I think it is the uh, the next two big title matches in the TJPW world. Obviously, they'll be on the way back over here. And like I said, Yamashita will stay in the States for a couple months. Um, anything else, TJPW, you want to talk about before we talk about the uh, ridiculous homework assignment that we had for the week? I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, Obviously, we talked about at the beginning of the pod, uh, Brett came into town uh, last Wednesday, got some tickets for AEW Dynamite, and I was thinking to myself, okay, so obviously we'll get Dynamite, we'll get Rampage, but little did I know that we got ROH uh, two hours on the front end and the back end. Neither here nor there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But beforehand, we were like, you know, this is a great chance to see some matches that Brett has always been like, you know, you need to watch this, you need to watch this. And, of course, I work so many crazy hours, it's hard to, to pack all these other matches in that I want to watch, but it's not, quote-unquote, required viewing. So Brett got over here. He was like, okay, you know, take this, drink this, smoke this. We're going to watch these matches. Brett, <laughs> you have the list, I'm assuming, correct? It's in my brain, okay, yeah. Okay, look at you. Go, go ahead and throw some a couple of lists out there. I know we want to talk about the tag team match first because that was at least yeah. one of my favorites of the three or four that we watched for sure. Yeah, that one being, I believe, June 9th, 1995. I don't know the show, but All Japan, Triple Crown Tag Team Championship, Mitsaru Masawa, Kenta Kobashi defending against Akira Tawe and Toshiaki Kawada. Um just flat out one of the best tag matches of all time, one of the best matches of all time, just in a vacuum, you know, obviously, if you're not really familiar with the style, it'll get you familiar real quick. I mean, you hadn't seen any of these four wrestle. Obviously, you've heard about them, the four pillars, you know, for the greatest of all time to ever do it. And uh, they sure proved it, didn't they? This was my first foray into seeing a lot of these guys well i shouldn't say like kenta marifuji you know we, we see we watch that match marifuji looks so young it's just crazy but um <laughs> a lot of the matches that brett showed me i had not seen these people but i seen like their moves that whoever they trained they passed that move on to the trainee um Tai Chi with the uh, the kicks to the face. We finally, I finally figured out where that came from. You know, I heard the name, but I didn't. You know, I couldn't put the name and the face together. Seeing that Kobayashi is just to me was like the ultimate baby face. You know, every time you know he was like a big brother. You know, mm-hmm. anytime you know his partner was in trouble, he would find a way to get over there. I can't remember what match it was where he physically put himself over his partner and started to take the punishment. So that way. 
his partner literally. was literally taking the bullets. I'm like, man, this dude is a straight up baby face. I mean, <laughs> you could not, if you designed a baby face, <laughs> it is. Kobayashi is that baby face. And to watch him, you know, like there was one match, he's dragging the leg, you know, totally uh, selling the, uh, the, the leg. The knee's been worked on for like a good chunk of this match. It's 15, yeah, 20 30. minutes in. Yeah, yeah. And just selling it like nobody's business. You know, he'll get that little rush of adrenaline, but then after that, he's just, oh, you know, the leg is just going down. I mean, it was so perfect. And it just gives so good. This is what baby faces are supposed to do. Fight from underneath, fight uphill, and, you know, fingers crossed if you like the baby face at this point, you know, comes out with the victory. But they told a story in the midst of this big meaty man slapping meat match it was so so good yeah and just Kawada setting the tone right off the gate when you know <laughs> Masao was on the apron and he just runs and kicks him in the face and that's something that happens multiple times on both sides yes and I love the fact that they, the, the receipt was given back you know what I'm saying oh yeah Tawei being the ultimate enforcer, just throwing motherfuckers around. Um, and like you said, Kobashi given one of the best babyface performances of all time and Misawa just being Misawa, one of the greatest babyfaces in his own right, but in kind of a different way. And, you know, this match was more about establishing Kobashi for sure. Uh, but the heels end up getting the win and, you know, the last seven whatever minutes, just fucking bonkers. The whole match is bonkers like 42 minutes and change maybe, but it hot is crowd. So, in, so engaging. Yeah. Hot crowd. And again, it's the King's road style in, you know, it's, it is going to be long, but every move matters. Every hold matters. You're trying to wear your opponent down, grind it out and a lot of fucking strikes. And I told you like, you know, halfway through i'm like we're not even to the dumping them on their heads portion of the match <laughs> uh, which then you get just a bunch of crazy crazy suplexes in the lot and uh yeah it was uh, it's a wild wild match and we also spinning off that followed up with uh kawada and masawa or did we end up we no we didn't end up watching their singles match did we talked no, about it we talked we about it we never watched it, it. Yeah, okay. um, but real quick, any any more further thoughts on that match? No, it just, it, like I said, to me, it's funny to see, you know, guys like I said Tai Chi, but Will Ospreay does the same Kawato move where, you know, he's kicking the guy, he puts the, the head down and starts kicking him in the face, you know, basically, you know, just disrespecting whoever the opponent is. And I always thought it was a cool move and I never knew where it came from. It's cool to see where the origin of some shit is. The choke slam. Uh, I forgot what's uh our okay. Didn't know where to you know. To me, the choke slam has always kind of been like the Big Show's kind of deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "No, this is where the big you know this where basically the Big Show probably stole the where the the idea of the choke slam came from to begin with." So I mean, it was always cool to see other people where they originally started. Everybody takes something from everybody else. I don't want to hear that, you know, nobody, I didn't steal from somebody. Everybody steals from somebody. Even if it's a little twist here or turn there, you want to have your own niche on it. It's good to see where it always starts. That's the only, that's my two takeaways from it, really. Yeah. And so the other New Japan match we watched was like from May of 92, Kenta <laughs> Kobashi again. So a few years earlier, Kenta Kobashi again, 
Tsuyoshi Kikuchi in his hometown, who's not, you know, he wasn't like a major player by any means, but he sure was on this night. So think okay. like uh, Shota Umido. Uh, yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's solid comparison. Against Doug Furness and I can't remember his name. And it's Philip LaFon when he was in WWE, but it was, I think he had a different name here. But regardless, Guys that, you know, they made their way into WWE, never really did a ton there, but, all, you know, had some good matches. I think were always underrated. Yeah. But uh, they were awesome here. And th- I've mentioned this to you. This is the hottest crowd I'd ever seen before. <laughs> and it's like literally like a fucking rock concert. The guys are having to fight through rabid fans just to get to the ring. Both and just- sides have to fight through the yeah. rabid fans. I mean, the Can-Am connection were basically the heels in this match. So I, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that, you know, this hot crowd, you're going to have some, you know, fans that might want to take a shot at the, at the wrestler for some ungodly reason. But, you know, when the baby faces are having a hard time just getting to the ring, this is Kikuchi's hometown. So they're already fired up to begin with. You got guys in business suits, you know, acting a plum fucking fool, and the, you got the two baby faces having a hard time getting to the ring. I'm like, okay, so this is gonna be one of these kind of matches. It was the crowd is. And there was a couple of times where I was seeing something happen in the ring, and I would kind of like see somebody in the crowd like jump up or whatever, and you know, their I mean, reactions. They were to going it. fucking nuts. That was to. It was basically two things to watch: what was happening in the ring and the reaction of the fans going bonkers outside of the ring. Yeah, and anytime Kikuchi would do anything, even more bonkers oh, than Kikuchi. I mean, just yeah, yeah. rabbit. Okay, one of the highest yeah, crowds like I've ever said, seen. Jumping up and down, yeah, jumping up and down for some of the most basic move for a punch, <laughs> just le- leaving their seats with ferocity. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, Kenta Mara Fuji from two thousand seven eight. I can't remember. I think it's eight. Don't quote me on it. From Noah, we've talked about it on here before. Mara Fuji fucking breaks his jaw doing a moonsault <sighs> onto the outside, knocking his face on the guardrail. They kick the shit out of each other. They beat the shit out of each other. High pace, high intensity. Yeah, young. You know, you mentioned it. Kenta didn't look too, too much different. Obviously yeah. younger, but Mara Fuji definitely looks quite different then than he does oh, now. But yeah, yeah this is- Easy, a wild match. Easy, like ten or fifteen pounds lighter, and I'm I'm probably being generous on that one. Not saying he's super huge right now. Um, I think there was there was a spot where you were you're like you know the, the whole match is getting ready to change in in this yeah. one particular spot, and I thought it was like you know it was happening. I thought it was happening earlier where uh, like Kenta took the shot at like Marafuji's knee. And, or the leg and it was going after it and was working it throughout the match. And I was kind of like, okay, you know, Marafuji likes his kicks. You know, that that's probably the spot he's talking about. And next thing you know, Marafuji's doing this moonsault from the, uh, from the, uh, the apron to the outside where he has Kenton laid out and just racks his fucking jaw on the guardrail. And, and next thing you know, he's telling you're telling me he's broke his jaw and I'm sitting there thinking, man, okay, so we're about 10, 15 minutes into this match. And it doesn't seem like this is going to end anytime soon. Kenton, I think it goes gets, like 
35, I think, something or in that range. So, Kenta yeah. ain't the type of person to be like, oh, let me not hit you in the jaw. No, no. <laughs> no he ain't. Then, you know, there was a couple times I was just like, oh, 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 okay, see, fuck all that. This is a salute to just wrestlers in general. I've never had a broken bone, so I couldn't imagine what a broken jaw feels like, much less somebody hitting slash kicking me insane broken jaw. I have the utmost respect for Marafuji after this point. Kenta is, you know, don't get me wrong. It, it's cool to see once again how Kenta has morphed into this more of a striking wrestler versus the wrestler that we saw here versus Marafuji. That was much more of a high flyer, you know, suicide dies, double stomps, you know, still doing the GTS, but just how you get from point A to point B is just different. Right now, he's more of a striker. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. It's just different. Um, to see him in that mode and then just for like, you know, real quick, you know, you see the the new Kenta or this modern-day Kenta where he's just, you know, five, six, seven slaps, punches, kicks, combos, whatever you want to call it. It was a really good match. The fact that, like I said, the broken jaw to me sets this match apart. It's not the five-star classic, but once again, to me, it's a tip of the hat to wrestlers that I can never do anything like that. I'll take a punch or two in the face. A broken jaw? Shit. Kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's wild shit. Um, And then those were definitely the big three. And then we also watched a, it was like 2004 All Japan. But this one we just kind of stumbled upon. Kawada Mm. against uh, Shinya Hashimoto, like one year before his passing. But these two bludgeoned the hell out of each other. I feel like we were talking, or not really as dialed into this one, but it was great background, and I think we definitely started paying more attention down the stretch, and they just clubbed the shit out of each other. But yeah, Kawada, the more you watch that guy, the more you realize just his fingerprints are all over all the badasses these days and the bullies, and he's one of the greatest to ever lace them up, no doubt. No, it was definitely, uh, like I said, I'm always open to seeing – especially guys that I've, I've heard the name, but just, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And it's, I'm a, I've said it before, probably episode one. If you let me procrastinate, I will procrastinate like nobody's fucking business. I will kick that Damn. can down the street. <laughs> and be like, I ain't, ain't going nowhere. I see it. It's down the street. It'll be, it'll be there when I get down there. But so yeah, I appreciate you coming here and forcing me to drink and smoke and watch some, uh, nice little, uh, Japanese wrestling, uh, and then in that scenario, I, I appreciate you doing that, brother. Oh, absolutely. And thanks for letting me crash to your career. <laughs> I say the cats ain't the same. They're looking for a for couple the, days and it, the hospitality and everything. Yeah, it was. They still looking for <laughs> your ass. I'm just like, no, nah, he's gone. But I still think I got some of their hair on. <laughs> their hair's still on some of my shit. So. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, you, you need to get that. Uh, I can't think if it's like tied or whatever, but just like the Lin the football, yeah, that not that too, but you put it in the uh, the dryer, yeah. and it just it takes the uh, the the cat hair away because I know one of these jokers as I'm watching him getting ready to go to sleep sheds like nobody's business, but another story for another <laughs> time. Um, did we preview everything? Yeah, I think we covered Stardom. We talked so. about just one one thing to note. Uh, yes, there, we didn't. We didn't discuss Noah this time, but let's at least mm. mention that 
Jake Lee's first title defense against none other than Katsuhiko Nakajima. I don't know the show or the date, but it is official. Had you had you heard that? You look. Uh, I, didn't, I did not know it was official when I was kind I'm of. I'm pretty sure it is, but I'm not like a thousand percent on that. When I was speaking, Nakajima did come out after. Or I guess it's his second defense. Or did he come out after? No, he came out after he won the belt. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I was just like, and Jake Lee laughed at him. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> like, but are you I crazy? Think I think we've covered it all, but I just wanted to at least get that note out there as something to look forward to. Uh, I'm sure we'll 416 be feels like that's the right date. Well, there you- so we'll definitely be covering that the next time out. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that it doesn't say it. I, I haven't looked on their Twitter page, but my guess is 416 sounds right, feels right. It will probably happen by the time we record again. My guess uh, it will be sometime after that big stardom uh, all-star grand queendom. Uh, I'm assuming. Was, yeah the that, that Noah show yeah so yeah it's, it's gonna be wild we're gonna be recording in two weeks again i, I love the fact that they're keeping us on our toes again you know yeah. don't, don't let us go too long because otherwise shit this would be five hours versus two um i can't think of anything else i think we covered it yeah i think we're good man yeah this has been wonderful no yet as, again as usual another fan a tabulous episode um shout out to Brett, thanks for uh, taking this flight with me as usual. Um, Tell them where you can find the Brain Busters, boys. Yeah. uh, On Twitter and Instagram at Brain Buster Boys. You can find us on YouTube now and on the Visionaries Global Media Network and all major podcasting platforms. Thank you. This has been great. Um, Band from Ringside, same concept of Visual Global Media. um, Any major podcast platform, Facebook, um, friends of BFR is our closed group. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, BFR Pod, come check us out. But we'll be talking about th- those other things, those silly little American wrestling promotions later on in the week. But for this moment, this flight shall come to an end. It was great to talk. A little- I won't even try to pronounce the word again. Puriso? Pocket. No, Puriso. Yeah. Puriso. That's what I'm going to do. It. I'm going I'm to say it five, six different ways until I finally figure out how to pronounce it correctly. So, in this case, thanks for talking a little Puriso and Josie Style Wrestling for us. For Brad Jager from the Brain Buster Boys, I'm your, your second humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell from Band from Ringside. We'll see you when we see you. Holla back at you. Peace. Catch you on Peace. the flip side. Yeah,